speak in polyrhythms? <laughs> Dude, I, I, when I was at work, the, la- the last night, uh, we have a machine that literally just punches holes in bags, and it was going in 15-8. What the fuck? It was running at 15-8. Some, like, fucking tool and machinery it, going on. It annoyed the yeah. shit out of me. All the... Bring out the Danny Carey machine. Only because I couldn't stop counting it. That's how it is for me at work. Like, I, I listen to, like, all of the things that knock, and I'm like, all right, that's a rhythm. Like, that's 6-8. We had one. We had the same machine once running at, like... 17 or 1982. Jesus. <laughs> I always get like I'll, I'll find like the um like where to count with like polyrhythms and stuff like that. But then like like some things, you know, there'll be um multiples or or uh, what do you call factors like mm-hmm. where I'll be like like oh like that's six eight like no that's three four I'm like well I mean okay so like I'm just see, <laughs> counting see, like on the the as uh, a drummer that one bothers me because the if six you eight just and say three four six eight and if you just say three four they're the fucking same yeah you have to look at it written to really tell the difference between six eight and three four well like the was it like the the measure would be like when everybody pretty much gets done doing their thing and then you come back to something that was already agreed upon before, right? Yeah. I, know, I know it's a really stupid way to explain <laughs> music, but, like, that's... Because I had, like, one teacher that they they would be... This was when I was, like, 20-something and had a music class for the first time, and they were, like, really, like, adamant about, like, the numbers had to be correct. Like, so, if, like, it's not uh, necessarily... A, you know, um, it would be like uh, something like odd, like twelve six or t- or twelve eight, and you know, like uh, six four, something like that. I I always just uh, I was more concerned of can I stay on rhythm and like does it sound up. right? <laughs> can I fall about where everyone else falls? That's usually what I was always doing mm. in like band because I played trombone like all through high school and shit like that and. It was more, like, I never practiced, really, any at all. I just did it. I would show up because, like, I really liked being around music and didn't care that much until, like, really late into high school. And so it's just like, I'm going to see when everyone else moves. Okay, we're all moving together. Okay. <laughs> I never uh, I never took band. Like, I, I had piano lessons as, like, a, a little boy. I can't remember shit from piano <laughs> lessons. I think I could play, like, Alouetta, you know? Like, is I think that's, like, you learn in, like, your first week or so. <laughs> But um, you were, uh, before uh, we got to uh, Roland, you had said something about, like, a sign of release form to be on somebody's land? Like, oh. what the fuck is that about? <laughs> so we went, <laughs> we were, we were uh, helping some friends out in another band, and we went to Alabama. We went to Montgomery. And the, first of all, it was on, like, my first ever celebrated black holiday, and I spent it in Montgomery, Alabama, but, like, in the sticks. With a 16-foot Confederate flag hanging from it. Like, tree. it was just oh, <laughs> fucking mungus. It was huge. And, like, we were pulling in and then just see it hung between two trees. And I was like, dude, I don't need to be here. And part of the release <laughs> forms was don't take pictures here. Yeah, like, you can't and take pictures or video like or anything. That. If you do, it has to be at a certain angle so you don't see anything else. Because, like, they have, like, Confederate flags on their stage, and then they have this huge one, and then they have it on their clubhouse and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, there was one other black guy that came here once, and he was he was last year with the same band because that came to play a show there. And I was like, wow. 
The thing that killed me is that everyone came to like shake my hand just to see what I sounded like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see which one, which kind he is. <laughs> the, uh, uh, when a, a black person is a novelty for somebody. I'll see that a lot with um, stuff on social media where um, I guess it's folks that have like the white savior complex where they want to prove to you just like, like, hey man, I'm not one of the bad white people. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm one of the good ones. I had 30,000 of those fucking conversations and we were there for two days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I refused to have conversations like that. Yeah, like they walked over, they wanted to just shake my hand, it. they sat down, they offered us beer and then they got right to the thick of it. They're like, so how do you feel? Because like this was right when the riots were happening. Right. Oh yeah, the representative of all black people. They're like, "How do you feel?" That's about actually this? the whole crux of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it took it took me well twenty nine up. I'm just so deeply racist. I didn't know how else to go about it. Thank fuck. <laughs> we, we found the guy. <laughs> the whole time I was like, "Dude, I really want to go home. Please don't talk to me about this kind of stuff right now." <laughs> It's like, like, well, can't we just talk about, like, fucking music? Like, like everybody's musicians. And that was like, the other thing, is they were all like, we need you to play a song for us. And I was like, I, 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 this, this isn't my thing. I'm not working. And they were like, but you have a guitar, so do it. <laughs> well, maybe when they, really he just bought that guitar. Yeah, like, I bought it. I bought it there. Because I was like, holy shit, that's a pretty-ass guitar. And we brought it to the campgrounds or whatever. And then they were like, oh, you got one now. Do it. <laughs> And then the second night, they uh, they played um, they played the Dixie theme song, like uh, oh, yeah. oh I wish I was in Dixie, like it's and they were staring at me, waiting for me to get uncomfortable, and I'm like sitting really deep into a camping chair, like please be over, please be over, please be over. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy we were working with, he messaged me not that long ago, and he's like, dude, I am so sorry about all of that. <laughs> I was like, no, it's my favorite story to tell now. Like, oh my goodness, it was hilarious. I spent Juneteenth on the Dixie Biker Association's, like, proper. <laughs> so you're going to go back uh, next Juneteenth? <sighs> if they let us. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I told him, I was like, dude, it's, there's nothing to apologize about. Next time we might play. <laughs> he was like, please. Like, I'll give you guys, like, an eight-song gap. And I was like, oh. They'll, they're gonna love it. <laughs> so wait, the the other band like it wasn't their first time being there. No, they had played before. I want to know. I still want to know the story of how that happened. Cause like they play like Harley, uh, like Harley Davidson dealerships and mm. stuff like that. And so somehow they ended up there. Cause I think Montgomery does have one, like have a, a Harley dealership. And I think that some of those guys just came there. Cause like all of them are like super heavy duty, like Harley Davidson guys. Right. And yeah, it's basically a bike club. Yeah, and then I, got, I guess that's just how they ended up there or whatever, and no one knew that that was what was going on until they got there. And, and presumed clan country, what it sounds like. with a, a There were like trailers flag. off in the woods and stuff, and there were trails we weren't allowed to go down and stuff like they that. They do realize that the Democrats lost in the Confederacy, right? That the war ended. And, uh, I'm really interested to see like <laughs> how they're feeling right now. Because <laughs> like, they were like super <laughs> anti-mass people, like... You know who they voted for last time, that right. type of shit. And so I was, the whole, like, as soon as, like, they started coming down and talking to us, I was like, dude, I need one of you guys to be my buddy in case I just disappear out of nowhere. I need someone to raise a flag or some shit, because, like, I am the one there. Like, right. I'm used to being, like, a token or, like, the one of the guys in, like, the scene or whatever. That's normal for me. Right. But, like, I can tell some of those people don't really talk to, like, people of color a lot. I had um, 
I was uh, somewhere near Barney, and uh, my uh, I was like off road in like this little like uh, uh, Kia Rio that I used to drive, and got it stuck, and then you know, I had to wait for help to essentially come by, and of course they did, and I was like really thankful, and you know then. Uh, they're like, uh, you know, oh, hey, me and the missus, we're going down here to uh, the river. We'll take you and your girl back up uh, here in a little bit. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, sweet, thank you. You know, just trying to be polite. And then he had uh, confessed to me that he uh, had never uh, spoken to a brown person before. Like that, uh, other than the man at the gas station, he said. <laughs> That's the, that's the only brown person he had ever spoken to before. And that's not saying anything to the town of Barney. It's just that, like, that's, like, out in the middle of nowhere. And when you're out yeah. in the middle of nowhere, like, holy shit, dude. That's what they like, I never understood. I don't understand how people, like, completely miss that interaction because we are everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, especially in the South, too, man. Like, um, I lived in Jersey for probably close to four years before coming back down. And, like, Jersey's a very segregated area. Like, there's towns where it's just like, oh, no, you're white. You don't go to this town after dark. And it's like, well, why not? They're like, well, the cops will pick you up because they know you're not supposed to be in that town. And the only reason you're there is because you're doing shady shit. I'm like, that's fucking odd. Like, that's and, horrifying to think about. <laughs> yeah, but because, like, in the South, like, everything in the 20th century got forcibly integrated you know, but, like, in these uh, big metropolitan areas and outside the South, like, they're still somewhat segregated. And that's like, yeah. I don't You ever seen, like, a, was it Dread? Judge Dread? You know, where, like, the supermax cities where they just sort of gather all the people that live in the outskirts and just put them into these, like, um, segregated communities in these super cities. Like, that's what, like... In Jersey, it looked like, except like Jesus. you know, a hundred years before it gets to that point. <laughs> but like, like down here, like mm-hmm. I can like Valdosta. I mean, shit. Like, I mean, white people aren't even really the majority in Valdosta. You know, I mean, it's it's mostly a black city for the most part. There are a lot of places like that where it surprises me that people can still be so rigid. Yeah. And it's like, you, like, there's a guy, like, right down the road that lives, like, right down the road from you. You guys have lived together your entire life, but you just don't speak. Strictly on, like, some color shit. Right. That's, it blows my mind to think about. How do you, how do you think that, um, I guess, like, counterculture then in, like, uh, the South has become so prosperous? Like, because, I mean, like, like, intellectualism and individuality, like, like, we were talking before we got rolling, like, Georgia's now a purple state. Like, which is really fucking cool to think about. Yeah. I think what it is is that, like, Southern parents, they push, uh, like, all of us kids, like, when we were really young, like, read books, read books, read books. But there's information in that shit. I'm sorry. Like, that's literally what it comes down to. It's just, I feel like a lot of segregation and hate and things like that just come from a place of, like, either mis- misinformation or miseducation or indoctrination yeah like well this is how we felt so this is how you should feel Mm. and i feel like that a lot of the younger like the younger generation now they're just like they're all friends with like we're all friends like i don't i don't think i've ever met like my first like true racist incidents or whatever they were all just older people then like i was I was in whatever you would call gifted classes were, and like for us, because you know that like education's different every fucking where. Right. 
And like it was like yeah, there was only a couple of black kids, but like everyone was normal. We were just like reading books and like doing stuff. It wasn't ever like race was only ever brought up in February. That's um, that's one thing that always irked me about like being in the like spent most of my childhood south of the Mason Dixon line, and like when I got to Catholic school. I always made friends with like the oddballs and the token black kid and the token uh, foreign exchange student because I was an oddball as well, you know. And then like I get older and like the only time you learn about American history if it's uh, through uh, African descent is one month out of the year. And it's like that's kind of preposterous because it's we should just be teaching history. Like and I understand like back in the day like we, uh, we we needed something to like have in law to be like like hey you got to teach the full yeah, like please talk about this yeah like, let's not just pretend that this isn't like another issue that we're still deal like we're still dealing with right but I, I like now that it's I mean shit sixty years later I, I don't think that having it be f- like some like Black History Month as February is true American history why don't we just like widen the scope of that a little bit more and like thoroughly educate our, our kids about how diverse the culture is in America. Because like there's no, there is nothing that we enjoy today that we can attribute to just one group of people. No. Like at all. Like you could say, oh well rock music came from black people. Well no. Like music started way before rock music. Like we can we can keep going backwards, and we're going to keep seeing that it's a different group of people yeah. the further back we go. And like it's the same with like scientific discovery. Like yes, there are black people that we can attribute to like a plenty of things that we love, but like where did they get their education from? Where like who gave the, who put their foot in the door? Like it's more than just one race or the other did this out of the other. And it's more than just one race can do this now or can continue to push things forward. Like, progress is more than just color. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it also has to do with, well, just education in general is parental responsibility. Because if we know an educational system is broken, which it has been for the longest time, we know that they're Are not learning sure? everything. Are you sure? We see <laughs> education seems to be top <laughs> Since we let the government take over, like... Instilling values in our children. It's been going great. I don't know, man. I use the Pythagorean theorem like every day. (laughs) But if if families, like, like let's just say just the the February and Black History Month. Right. The the reason, uh, just for instance, speaking, uh, white kids don't necessarily know about X, Y, and Z in Black History is because uh, either books don't cover it or their parents won't tell them. I know... Like, one of the first five to ten millionaires in America were a family of black people just because they were really good at what they did uh, back in the 1700s. Like, yeah. how many people know that? How many black or white people know that? It, it's just not that. common. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just not common knowledge. Um, yeah, they were, they were really smart. They educated themselves. They, they, and they ran shit in the yeah. 1700s. And what did they do? Just like true culture, they got their friends in on their business and made more black millionaires. Like, that's what they did. Yeah. Um, that's why you look at uh, Black Wall Street. Yeah. That, uh, happened in, uh, in Tulsa, in uh, the Greenwood community, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you know, uh, about 100 years ago. And, like, these were folks that, 
which it, it's so botched up that republicanism has become controlled by the religious right and the GOP as opposed to like a republic of individual communities where your values ripple out and you don't have authority uh, having their values ripple in. So these cats in uh, 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 Tulsa had found out a way to uh, essentially uh, start their own banking system, like running like out of uh, uh, the Greenwood community. You know, they, they, they weren't in debt to the white bankers that wouldn't give them loans in the city. You know, like they, they found a way to have uh, prosperity autonomously. And what happened? Well, the local uh, uh, white supremacists didn't like it too much, so they got uh, authoritarian power in the government and then got the National Guard to come in and murder True like, to form. Yeah. <laughs> like they they're, like they're, it. Get the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. True to form. Yeah. Um, but no, no like, like I, I agree with you. Like, if you don't, it, it all starts with family, right? Like, and as cheesy as it is, and like, as I've talked about on this show before, as much as I hate the notion of going, <laughs> you good dogs. <laughs> I fucking love cats. So much. Awesome. <laughs> I think he got it though. <laughs> he was chasing a fly and he was up there for a while. And I think he got it, but I think that the success went to his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got it. <laughs> good boy. He hunts lizards too. He's he's good at that. Mine are afraid what? of all things. Really? Mine are, my cats are terrified of most things. Like they don't like one of them get like understands dogs and is like, all right, as long as I don't like move too crazy, they like it won't bother me. My other one is just it just hides on the on the top of the fridge and looks down <laughs> at everyone. I like cats just because they're you know they're pretty autonomous. They're low maintenance and also that like I love that my like I can leave them like and go to work all day and come back and they're like basically in the same spot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> If I'm if I'm gone for like more than a day, I can tell my cat misses me. But if I'm just gone for the day, he don't give a fuck. He's <laughs> good to go. But um, but yeah, with the uh, family values, um, like the the religious right, like they're correct about like some of the stuff they talk about. Where it's like it all starts at home. You got to do it. Which I I agree with that, but I think it needs to be. Uh, I'm so optimistic about the future, but. Not if we can't have conversations about, like, certain things. And I see now, like, AOC on Twitter talking about, I want names of uh, people that are, like, supporting uh, Trump or encouraging him to win. I'm like, yo, that's some fucking Nazi shit. Get that's fucked. a fucking witch hunt. Like, it doesn't help going either way. No, no. That's, we all, sensible people want to make the world a better place. You disagree about how to get there. And, like said earlier, you know, it's, Choose your amputee to drive the car off the cliff, you know. But, like, it's... The main thing I want from all this is for just, like, us to be happy again. And, like, 100%. Like, as a country. Like, I like... I liked, the, I liked the parts where we could actually talk about, like, more than just the president himself type shit. Because, yeah. like... Back when I was a kid, like we we clowned Bush or whatever, but it was never Bush that we were just talking about. It was the administration. It was what was going through, what was happening. Right. And then it got harder when Obama became president because it became. Unfortunately, it was it was some color shit. Unfortunately, and like like my, my mom tells me, and like it took me a long time to understand that like Obama did, 
the Obama really didn't do anything for the black community so much as he gave. He showed us that like if you work hard enough, you can fucking do it. Right. And like that's what I. That's what my mom has been like trying to instill in me to take from that. And like now we have, or yeah, I guess now we have this character that's just so about self that it's terrifying. And it's like we can't talk about anything but what he's doing right now. Right. Yeah, the news isn't even news anymore. It's reality shows based around how outraged or proud you should be at the president. Like, I don't like that shit, man. Like, or ploys for ratings. Yeah, like, that, that's that's all it is. And, like, they're having a fucking masturbatory field day with this election crisis oh and this god. COVID crisis. <laughs> Every, CNN's about to rake it in, dude. Oh, my god. What, um... I hope they... They do this search and they find nothing funny going on in Philadelphia and nothing funny going on in Nevada and it can just be like, okay, cool, you you lost, you barely lost, but it was close, but people turned out like it's crazy to, to hear that like more people voted this time around than ever before. Yeah, and like I tend to know that I have friends who have voted for the first. Time. I voted for the very first time in this election, and like whether we have won or lost, like well, I, I can't say we because. <laughs> whether like whatever side won or whatever like i'm like i've never felt so jazzed to have like taken part in something no yeah. i've never been so jazzed as to not take part in something. <laughs> and i had this discussion I, I, the I, other day like, <laughs> let, let me just clear clear the air here i have so many people mad at me that i that i didn't vote that i who didn't who cares man but I don't give a shit I like, said, who I you said, vote for or you. I, I told like, him and I told my dad, which is heavily Republican. I have so many friends that are heavily Democratic. Like, I don't care. I said, leave this to the people that actually care. I don't care about either one of them. I said, I don't honestly want either one of them, so I'm going to leave this election to the people that are actually care about it. I'm not voting. I'm just going to trust whoever wins. I'm going to trust the community that actually cares about these two people because I don't. Right. And that's it. And Would I've never I... been so free in my freaking life, man. Would I just he... hope that, quote unquote, like he said, whichever side wins, finds himself proud when when the office is taken. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I don't think it's going to happen, is what worries me, is I think that it's going to get worse. I don't want it to get worse by any means, but... President is a narcissist, and for all of his his good things that he has brought to America that they don't talk about, the culture war is really alarming. And I understand like the fervor that his side of the aisle that the you know the Trump devotion syndrome that is just like they will not accept it if they think that there has been election meddling and. From what I see, the only thing I see convincing is uh, the Michigan data, where is this software... Um, oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, uh, Dominion and Hammer or something, something like that, where if 6,000 votes that were for Trump flipped to Biden, like, and they have 47 other counties in the state that use this software, that's alarming. We need to have some sort of recount there to make sure that wasn't widespread. I don't give, again, I don't give a fuck who wins. I care about people. As long as it's done fair and right. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit what the actual results are because, like. Did you guys see, though, something tangible that somebody did care about the election? There was a proposed amendment. Uh, the, yes. the, <laughs> the amendment 
removes sovereign immunity from the government. So now we as individuals in the state of Georgia have the right to sue the local government and the state government for violating our constitutional rights. Holy shit. <laughs> That's the thing I was excited about. It passed. God bless America. I don't give a fuck who you voted for, Biden or Trump or Jorgensen or writing candidate. Don't care. That is what I was uh, there to make sure I pledged my vote for. And I, I am, like, happy about that. So, like, again, to, to your point, Gavin, is that, like, if you're going to vote, have a reason why you're voting. Don't just have it to be because your friends peer pressure you into something. Have a, if you have a reason why, then, then vote for it. I was sitting down with uh, someone recently who uh, was a Marxist. And I'm not a fan of Marxism. I think it's a poisonous ideology. And that I think authoritarians completely rape countries of whenever it's set in as government. Like, you look at the 20th century and you just see all the genocide that came from, like, ideas of nation states becoming communistic. And boom. Then you just have famine and pestilence and all the things of biblical terrors. But I was sitting down with them and I was talking with them that I, I don't have problems with, there's a sect of it called anarcho-communism, where it's like the hippies on the commune out in the woods just having their... Growing their food and Fend fucking each other's wives side. and yeah, <laughs> like all that shit. I don't care about that. Like that, that's why how you want to run your community. It's awesome. The thing that makes America sweet though is that if you have the republic, is that you can get your friends together to say like we're gonna buy this fucking land and we're gonna build on this land and run it how we w want to run it, and like you can have that grow over time, which and. That's the way you can have like your values again ripple out, yeah, like into the world. I think that's something to shoot for. I think more people that sort of wake up to whatever it is that breaks them to be politically minded, like that the uh, the uh, the the future is not so uh, uh, grim and dark as I, I think it could be. I things could always get worse. And, like, yeah. we complained a lot when Obama was president, and then we saw things get worse because the divide stopped being political. Like, it's already hard to be political, like, in everyday life, mm -hmm. even though a lot of things are. But it stopped being about that. It just stopped being about... Or it started being about, like, like pure aggression. Like, just, I hate this person now, and now I can be vocal about it. Or, yeah. I think that you're dumb, and now I can be vocal about it, and... Well, and then justifying it, like, because now everybody left of center is a fucking communist, and everybody right of center is a fucking bigot. You know what I mean? Like, you can't not, say your ideas without immediately getting classified. No, because it's 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 a it's a um, it's a program, right? It's a social program they put in us as a way to. It's much easier to put everything into boolean categories of like, do you fall in this category or this category? And like that's because that's machine language, right? Ones and zeros, and like we're so not like that. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> it's true though. Like, like everything with absolutism rings evil to me. Like, the only thing I find that is absolute is um, that I'm, I'm never gonna know it all, and I'm gonna die one day. You yeah. know. Yeah. No. Exactly. And so, 
I've I'm trying to whenever I you know I got my 30s I guess was trying to be more consciously minded you know what I mean and then 2016 happened when the game show host won I was like holy shit anything can happen <laughs> like, it became a lawless cowboy fucking wasteland <laughs> I, I think it's a, I think it's growing pains though right it's like America reached puberty and like was, we had a mix of emotions and formats <laughs> Why is my voice changing? <laughs> my voice is the best voice. You never heard a voice <laughs> even better. So my <laughs> somebody pointed out though the memes this election season are fire. Like they are it, it's, it grows every year. It's my favorite fucking thing in the world. Like, holy shit. I love the generation that can't vote right now because they are doing the wildest shit on the internet. Oh my god. Like <laughs> I woke up this morning and like saw what like what's projected to happen or whatever, and then I immediately started going to like meme uh, pages, and I was like, "Oh yes, <laughs> it's like a treasure trove." And like i there were a lot of meme pages that were like stoking the fire because I knew that like a lot of their followers were like blue or red or whatever, and mm. so they would post the opposite respectively, and it's so funny to me. Oh my god, I fucking love it. I love how destructive the internet gets during these like big times or whatever. Because mm -hmm. in my head, like I, I love to meme and I love to share shit and I love to like poke the bear a little. Like it's fun for me. But it's like you get to take a break from how serious these things are and just laugh at it for a second. Yeah. Because you're like, look how crazy it is. Here it is in a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I mean, if nothing else, you gotta you gotta have time to laugh in the middle of the apocalypse, you know, like fuck, like if everyone needs a release for a sec. Like we've been we've been holding our breath all year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love when elections come by because like I've been doing this since like the first Obama term. I was in high school. Of course, no way I was voting, but like adults were like full blown adults were having arguments with me, and I was sending like SpongeBob memes back. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> And like a, that, like where I am po politically now is like, and I, I use air quotes just because like I really try not to deal with any of that shit. But like, well, with me, like, like, dude, I've got like friends that are leftists. I've got friends that are right wingers. I've got friends that are apolitical. I I love them because they're individuals, and like, especially like around here, man. Anytime you can find. It's really weird about like Valdosta areas. Like, there's a lot of really unique and artistic and odd folk in Valdosta. That's the thing I've loved since I've gotten here is that like I've met more people that like I wanted to get an understanding of or that I've gotten like huge understandings from since I've been here. Like I've only been here since basically right after I graduated out of high school, and then I've just been meeting people and meeting new people and meeting new energy and like, oh, that sounded super like spiritual and like let me pull my rocks out of my pocket real quick <laughs> that was meme earlier today it's got Marge Simpson just holding a bunch of geodes just saying I just think they're neat <laughs> she, she doesn't know what they mean or anything about them. But, and that's like, I, but I love meeting those people because mm -hmm. they always have like they, they always say some shit you're gonna think about later yeah man and I love that shit and like because like my group like my group of friends from back home or whatever like we were like the modern day punks as best as we could fit. Like, like we listened to hardcore, we wore a lot of black and we didn't listen very well. Right. And like that we were like politics didn't matter to us. We believed what our parents believed for the most part up until a certain point. And then you're like, my parents are fucking wrong about everything. I was like everyone's crazy and I'm crazy too, but it's okay because we're all crazy. Like <laughs> But like 
being here, like, I didn't think that there was just going to be, like, this weird liberal utopia, just this weird bohemia mm-hmm. in the middle of the South, in the middle of, like, the Bible Belt and where people don't listen. And in true liberal sense, where, like, everybody is just, like, live how you want to live and vote how you want to vote. Do what you got to do. Keep the bills paid. Like Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, uh, talking to somebody. I was like, you know, because they were, like, uh, pointing out that... Um, not that they were disenfranchised with their vote, but they were like, like, the president, who no matter who it is, my life is not changing very much because of it. Like, it's just yeah. one place. And when they learn to sort of accept that and still be, uh, be able to look at the nuance of politics, they said it got a lot better for them because then they were able to define their position based on what the argument is. So, like, like around here, like, I'd say probably 98% of people are like pro Second Amendment, and there's a, just a very small sliver that's like, well, we need to have some gun control. So it's not it's not going to happen around here, you know. So like, and I agree with the 98% where it's just like, nah. Like, yeah, I'm, like I say some really lippy shit, but like I love like I love guns. Like I've been, they're like, beautiful. <laughs> uh, one of my friends, like I would stay the night at his house just because his stepdad would always wake us up in the like in the morning on the weekends, and he's like, "We're gonna go shoot some shit real quick." <laughs> yeah. And then just like all day, he was like, "Shoot this! Here's how you shoot it. Here's where about where you should point it. Like, mm-hmm. figure it out." And I love, I love that shit. I, th- I think twenty twenty sort of broke the uh, straw over the camel's back for a lot of folks on that argument because a lot of folks were like, like. You don't need it. Like you know, you know, you've either you've got the cops or the cops can't do anything for you. And it's like, yeah, exactly. The cops can't do anything for you. What are you gonna do when the uh, fucking mob shows up with torches and pitchforks? Yeah, I was about to say you're you're right. You don't need it until you do. Yeah. Well, my thing with the police is it's like, <laughs> then it's the oh shit. Now I get it. In the meantime, it's like you have 15 minutes to figure out what's going on in a good neighborhood. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have 15 minutes to sort your own issues out because cops can't be everywhere all the time anyway. No, no. Well, then you look at like some of these cities where like apparently the whole argument of law enforcement has just sort of gone out the window, and like 911 has been telling people, "Well, what do you want us to do?" Like, sorry, good luck. It's like, <laughs> dude, if that were my city, I'd be moving the fuck out as soon as I could, dude, and go anywhere. Because it's like who, like we need, like. We hate the police for all the things that we see on the news, and like part of me understands like the unrested at all because they do. So a lot of them do operate above the law, right? But we still need someone to hold the law in place because like the the person next door to you doesn't give a shit about how you feel most days. No. <laughs> <laughs> like the things that you hold so near and dear, like they, they're shitting on those at, in their house. Like it doesn't matter. I've never once, not once, Cole, gone to a neighbor and said. How you doing today, man? Like, yeah, like there's always like that's not the motivator. It's always been like like news or like hey, there's a branch down. Should we? You need help? Yeah, like, like in your neighborhood, it's everyday shit. Yeah, like it's not like what divides you, what you hold deep in your heart, and that you can't let go of, or like that person that wronged you in high school, or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> like. They, they don't care about your existential dilemma today. Yeah, like, you're having a breakdown, they're making toast. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like, we you have to be able to handle eno- like enough of your own homestead nowadays, realistically. Yeah. Like, 
And that's what I don't like. I I understand where there's like there needs to be reform. I do not think we should abolish police. I do not think we should abolish the like parts of this infrastructure. You can smoke here if you want. But like I do, I do believe in reform. But I also feel like fuck. If you can do it yourself, do it yourself anyway. Well, I mean, my stance on it is I think we should have law enforcement, right? But I don't think we should police people. Um, yes. No, I 100% agree because that means people are getting paid. And yeah, it's a racketeering I'm, I'm not stand. even going to bring up this argument yet, but like people say they don't get paid enough, but I'm not even going to talk about that. Like, Dude, you, who, you who guys gets, can talk about whatever who, the fuck you gets, want on that I just, show. I just mean who gives a shit about that question. But I mean like that just means police... The police's job is assuming the worst of people, not understanding that this is America where you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. That's where 90% of police brutality, police problems occur. The fuck should you we are guilty. Yeah. Oh, you had a knife, so I'm going to put nine bullets in you. Like, yeah. Like, that's never okay. Or... Well, what? Why the hell they're not? Training. They're not training like people, and you oh, they're like tra- this? They're is- training people. <laughs> they're, I, I was well, a well, in de-escalation, in de-escalation, and things like. Well, that. I mean, uh, around they, here, they, I've no, only noticed. Have. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That I mean, like, because we, I was a correctional officer for approximately six months to a year. I quit that as soon as I freaking could. But uh, <laughs> but we got basically <laughs> the same training that the police did, or that the police do. It's all law enforcement type crap. And you are 100% trained how to survive a knife fight. So pulling out that gun, unless you absolutely have to, is never okay. And the fact that blue covers blue is stupid because I don't you, are like trained, that. you are trained how to survive. Number two, you are trained when you can and when you cannot pull out that gun. So ignorance is not mm. part of the thing. You're, you're freaking guilty. Yeah. Like, period. Um, you're trained how to survive that. You're trained... Like, you see this stupid crap where someone tries to buy, uh, grab the police's gun, and uh, that's when they fight over the gun, and then he shoots them. No, you're, they are 100% trained how to not let someone take that gun off you, and what to, what to do if they do. Um, not, dude, the, 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 the things they train you to do is endless, like... Period. Hand-to-hand combat training for law enforcement is through the roof. Like, do you think? Well, like you learn. Do you think that's how it is in Georgia, but maybe not how it is elsewhere? Because I mean, other it totally than those... could be different elsewhere. Um, I did my training for Florida. I know Georgia gets the same, if not better, training because Probably Georgia more tax is tax money than Florida. For well, law our prisons, for whatever reason, because I was a correctional officer, our prisons are for whatever reason more dangerous than Florida. So they get way more training here. Like, more people, uh, more correctional officers have been stabbed or died in Valdosta than ha- than in Florida. See, I've heard that, though. In the, yeah, no. Valdosta is a dangerous place. Uh, <laughs> prison, prison-wise. But, um, oh, yes. Thank, for, thank you for making me feel safe. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not in the prison, and you're not going to work in there, so it's all right. <laughs> but I just mean, like, like, they're trained, so it's not, it's not even dumb. And just to say that they don't get paid enough, like, who gives a crap about that? They signed up for that job. They shouldn't... They should know that. Like, if you want more money, or if you want X, Y, and Z, then just don't freaking work there. Like, I don't get paid enough to do that. Go home. Right. My thing with, the, with like, police, like, my new, like, relatively newish belief is, like, in the same way someone's going to end up with that job at McDonald's, someone's going to end up a cop. 
Like, there are people who just got that job. There were people, like, there are some people who aspire and they work their whole life for it and they, like, push and they do school and they mm-hmm. go to, like, for law enforcement and all that. But there is probably just, like, Billy Bob out somewhere fucking off and he's like, you know what? I do need a job. Fuck it, I'll be a cop. Like, I. Especially the people with, uh, either God complexes or people that feel like other people have to owe them something. Like, there's not. Dude, I know you people... You have to respect me now. I know... Yeah, I know people that um, I went to school with, and they had that same complex in school, and then I saw them as a police officer, and I was like, okay, I'm not... Nope. Nope, I'm not trusting you for a single second. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not happening. I think that on... um, I think there should be some sort of... Sorry. Uh, like, psych review or something. You know what I mean? They're yeah, supposed that... to have them, and I'm pretty sure they're supposed to have them annually. But blue, blue covers blue. Right. right. Well, I mean, to to my to my point is that like you're supposed to have the same whenever you go to a doctor to apply for like controlled substance. So back whenever I was using amphetamines all the time, like one day I got health insurance through my work. I was like, cool. I don't have to go see a plug anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can do it legit. Go and legit. so <clears throat> I went to the doctor and like I talked to you beforehand to a couple of folks that I was like so uh, what do I need to say and they're just like well they're going to ask you this and you have to fill this out I'm like alright so I just went there and I just said what my friends told me just just say this and the doctor was like okay <laughs> speed yeah. there you go yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah no that is a good point 90% of the time when someone receives a psyche eval you are kind of trained how to get through a psyche eval yeah. military side too like because I'm in the Navy Reserves, and I don't know p- people who have had to have a psyche eval or anything like that, but I definitely know that, like, they will, here's what's, here's how it's going to go, here's some of the questions they're going to ask, blah de blah de blah blah Like, I think that should be, like, a spur-on-the-moment sit-down, oh, shit, uh, yeah, psyche like you're, eval. You're yeah. filling out that, paperwork, yeah. and they're like, hey, so. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it, you, like these decks. You'll see the true nature of a person. Like yeah, that. yeah. So, like, these uh, these uh, podcast decks that you're so kind to bring me. So, like, if they have, like, a stack of this where it's kind of like the IQ test, you take, what, 100 random questions out of a database of, like, something like 10,000. Holy shit. And, like, that's how you make an IQ test. Um, so, I imagine, like, for something like psyche valves, you... Feasibly, anyway, should be able to do something similar where they don't know specifically what questions you're going to ask them. Uh, whenever I was going to school for audio, one final we had was so fucking stupid, but nonetheless, um, they prepped us for a hundred uh, questions of tasks of something to do in a studio, and then only asked ten of them, and that was like. Fifty percent of our grade was ten Fuck. random questions, <laughs> nice. and even like stuff would be like, "Well, there's buzz coming through here. Oh, it looks like you didn't forcibly push this in all the way. Minus ten. It's like minus ten. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> the weight. <laughs> I got a sixty on. I thought I was gonna fucking fail out of school. I think I passed that class with like a seventy-one or something. But I mean, the point point being, I think with I don't think we should abolish police. I don't think we should abolish prisons. I think we should reform it all. I think our criminal justice system is broken. Like me, like it's crazy to think that people like we're relying on systems that were built long before us, and we're still riding on those. Like, oh, this definitely can't break, even though like the way we receive information has exponentially evolved, and like 
the the way that we get news and the way that like information gets to us is way different. But oh, we're gonna the system that we set up. No, that's fine. Yeah. Like ju- like the justice system. I don't think that it's necessarily even broken. I just think it's outdated. I think that for the concept of prisoners, we sh- we should only be putting violent people in a fucking cage, man. And I'm sorry, but I don't find things that are considered white-collar crimes like a drug offenses or uh, even somebody that did something like money laundering should be in the same place with folks that are like like serial rapists and pedophiles and murderers and like I have seen with my own eyes someone in prison for let's just say tax evasion become an extremely aggressive murderer inside of a prison because that's the that's your new culture. You're because in prison they, for they, five, six years around all these deadly people, right. and you're just here for tax evasion. You have a status to uphold because you don't want to look like the weak guy in your cell or the weak guy in your wing. Right. You don't want to do it. Uh, you make friends, you talk, you, you X, Y, and Z, and then all of a sudden, yeah. your life's in danger. Here's the shame. Do your business. Right. So yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I just mean like I've seen that. Yeah. I, I have seen someone for something that just Joe Schmo that didn't want to give the government their fair share. Right. Boom, Papa dude. You know. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, no. My thing yeah. is is like I saw this. I can't remember if it was where like where it was, but it was like this like proposition where it was like instead of prisons like just being just straight up a box that you put people in until they you think that they've done enough yeah and that like if it's a white collar crime non-violent crime stuff like that it should just be rehab basically yeah it's like here's what you did wrong here's how you fix it like let's get you back into like real life you've probably been away for a while but no it's just you like you finish your your stint and then they just dump you back out into the world and like if you have like the big f word felon on your back or some shit like that yeah. now you can't vote you can't buy a gun you like, can't get a job in most places right? like and you're supposed to have served your time like that's what i don't understand is that like but now you're crippled forever yeah that's the, those are the things that blow my mind cuz like then you you wonder why they, like people become repeat offenders like well that's all you give them when they go when they get re like yeah. reintroduced that's all they know now well, you, you take their options their and you limit it down to, like, a third of what a non-felon would have as far as options. Like, congratulations. Now you can work in, like, fast mm-hmm. food and construction. Yeah. You can't get elected to uh, office, though, because you're a felon. You know? So, all of so now you can't even change the system that you experienced firsthand exactly to right. be uh, uh, um, too many cogs in the machine. Like, we want the machine to be as minimal and efficient as possible. Right. There was a joke I saw, and it was like the best. Your best chance getting out of prison is to write a book before you get out. Oh, I would agree a hundred percent. Because yeah. at least like like you, people know that you are a thinking, breathing individual, and like here are your raw experiences in this like yeah. this bullshit. Yeah, be that system. guy. Bring me some paper. Bring yeah. me a pencil. Yeah, yeah, like I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Like your be- your best hope out is to write a book because then at least people will take you seriously when you get out. And those are the kind of things that scare like the shit out of me because like I, I got arrested for the first time in my life last year, and it was for it was for some dumb shit having to do with like a place that I've lived, and like the the cop tried to poke and prod me into like being this super violent dude, which I'm just not. <laughs> 
I'm just not. I don't have the energy. Like, I, my brain doesn't go to those places first. Right. And, like, I was explaining to him, like, dude, like, I'm, I'm getting out tonight. Like, everything's cool. Like, you don't have to keep doing this. I'm not going to, like, do your dance. And for, like, I used my first offenders, uh, like, my first offenders thing or whatever to, like, basically, this just didn't happen. Right. Because it was some small shit. I don't expect to go back to jail. What, what, what even happened was a stupid circumstance. But, like, the way that they act and the way that they treat you until they realize you're getting out and, like, things are cool or, like, until they realize you're a first offender or whatever, like, the way that they treated, like, they treat people as real fucking weird. Because, like, you're, you're basically an animal the minute they pick you up. Well, your property, according to the, um, uh, what is it, the 14th Amendment? So, like, the, the one that essentially says people are not property has a something on it tagged at the end that says unless serving, like, punishment for a crime. I'm, I'm butchering the amendment, but, yeah. like, so, like, you, you have to think about, like, how authoritarianism operates, and it finds the weakest point and the, uh, the vulnerability of a system, and it'll exploit it over and over and over again. So with, like, law enforcement, folks that get off on that, like, sadistic, dehumanizing power that accompanies with being an authority can uh, pervert it and have perverted it for so long. And, like, you're talking about this, uh, uh, like, the, the uh, uh, blue on blue or blue backs blue or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a poisonous way to look at the world, and I, I think you're kind of seeing a, a lot of this cognitive dissonance slowly but surely dissipate in a, a Louisville, where uh, uh, you know Breonna Taylor uh, uh, was uh, shot by those cops. The um, the mayor was given a press conference to the police shortly thereafter. I think before the uh, most recent decision came down, and all but like five of the entire city uh, squad got up and exited the room because of how the mayor handled the three cops and uh, Breonna Taylor situation. When all of the police brutality shit was going on, and like you watch cops, like, well, if you're saying fuck him, well, then fuck you, and like type shit. Like, yeah. you, there's no reason for people, like, the only people who should be afraid of cops are criminals. But, like, now we're all, like, you can just go outside and you're like, hmm. Like, my mom, during all that, my mom's like, be careful going outside. Which is, which is fucking ridiculous. I've been here for years. Like, I have friends here. I have basically family here. Why should I be afraid to go outside? Right. Oh, because they never know what, like, what could happen. And I dress in a lot of black. So, of course, I'm, I've been, like, looked at and profiled and shit. Like, I've, I've been in a car full of, like, me and, like, my white friends, and we get, like, the, we were hanging out at a gas station waiting to get information, like, the directions to a party, and they called the cops on us because we were, they, we were sitting there too long, so we were loitering, even though we went to the store, we bought stuff, we were just sitting waiting, right, and the cops pull up or whatever, I'm the only guy that gets searched. Surely you don't you don't think it had something to do with the way you look, do you? No, I actually think it was the company that, no, it's 100% was, like... <laughs> And, like, meanwhile, my friends are sitting here watching me get, like, very thoroughly searched. Right. Like, basically strip me naked in public type shit. What the fuck? Because, and here's all that it was. You know the little fucking little machines in gas station bathrooms where you get, like, a sex toy or a condom mm. and this shit? That's where I get all of my sex toys. So we were like, well, I've got a quarter. And, like, we all did it and spun it or whatever. And then, like, one of, some, one of us got, like, a dental dam and it came in a little bag. <laughs> and we just, like... <laughs> threw the bag on the ground and it was next to the car 
And they were like, well, we thought you kids had drugs. And we were like, you know where they are? <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. And then, like, even the cops afterwards were like, well, we just hope that you guys would do, like, be smart and do those kind of things at home. And, like, we weren't doing them at all. And not even we, I. Like, because I was, like... The only one searched. I was the only one searched, but I was also more of the straight arrow just because of how my mom was. Right. Because, like, not to judge any of my friend's parents, but they were more like friends than parents a lot of the time. But my mom was like, I'm not your white friend's parents. I'll beat your fucking ass. (laughs) 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 And she, like, that was her favorite quote is, I'm not your friend's parents. I don't give a shit. (laughs) And, like... So, like, I just, I didn't, like, I got into, like, my fair share of trouble as a kid or whatever, but it was never anything super duper serious, and I didn't really start, like, smoking weed or doing anything until basically right right before I graduated high school at all, because I was like, I'm an adult now, and I can make those decisions for myself. That's right about how I was. Like, senior year, uh, I had weed and uh, alcohol and pussy for the first time, and I was like, I was like, this is pretty enjoyable. (laughs) But, How do I like, make my whole life about this for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was a pretty, I was a pretty like sheltered, uh, sheltered kid, you know. Like my, my dad wasn't about it. Uh, on a, there was a basketball trip I had in middle school. I was fourteen, and we went to Savannah, and yeah, uh, everybody, uh, the whole team and the cheerleaders, they've all got hotel rooms and whatnot. And um, my friend Wilfredo and I, he's uh, from Mexico. The, the girls asked the two of us to come and nobody else like to come to their room so I was like I was like I was like wow like I've done it like, because like we, we were odd like he played a little guitar I played guitar you know like we listened to like music he was the token foreign exchange student you know what I mean and like none of the other dudes got the invite and like just as like stuff started getting like like near physical. Like, you know, like, oh, playful testing and whatnot. There's a knock at the uh, the door. Oof. It's my father. What the fuck? I don't know how he found me, but he found me. He found me in this random, like, room. And he was like, like, Wilfredo, he took off through the, the sliding glass door. They are on, on the ground floor. Just, and I was just like, oh, shit, I'm not fast. <laughs> what? <laughs> What, what do I do? That's when you find out if you're either an athlete or a negotiator. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was, de- whatever the athlete category was, I definitely was not that. Long distance runner, maybe. I'll get there eventually. But, uh, so I go out there and my dad's like, what do you do? I'm like, the, nothing. Why? He's like, you're thinking with your pecker. I know what you're doing. He's like, you need to be back in the room 10 minutes. I'm like, ah, all right. I go back in. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to bed." I'm like, "Well, fuck yeah, of course!" Like, <laughs> old man Winter just scared the shit over now. out of everybody. But no, there's, and it goes back to I think talking about earlier, like family values. It's like you know, you can instill family values without you know using like threat of hell or damnation. You don't have to break your kids to raise them. No, no. Though I definitely got beat as a kid, but in hindsight. I deserved a fair amount of those assholes. I'm about to say uh, everything I got, I earned. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> like I like like I talk to my mom now because like me and her now we are like more friends than parent, but like mm-hmm. we can, we can talk about like real shit about life. And like she always was pushing me. She never was just beating me to like break me. Like that was never her thing. And like I recognize now that a lot of the ways, like a lot of things she was saying, like holy shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. Fuck, you're right. The world, the real world is bullshit, and you're right. <laughs> 
<laughs> the um, well, to your point with um, uh, with uh, uh, you know, your white uh, white uh, friends' parents and whatnot, um, there were a uh, definitely a, a start. A stark difference between what I saw like how uh, my black friends in high school like how their homes were and how the white uh, homes were and like family was like a lot more of like a tight-knit unit in like you know my friends that lived in the hood in Lakeland than uh, the ones that lived like out in the out in the country like well my mom I, was I saw a lot more broken white homes that I would go to at friends houses than I would broken black homes all of them were sad nonetheless but the uh, I don't, I don't know. I think I think uh, some of them were just so like lax and, and lackadaisical with like how they raised their kids, where where they were like living vicariously through their children. Like so, they were like, "I want my kid to be the coolest kid. I want my kid to be the toughest kid and whatnot." You know, so like I'd see like how some dads would treat their sons, where it's like you're pretty much just abusing your son. Like and making him feel inadequate. Like it's either that or it's like they encouraged him to to do more, like to do like to like do bad shit. Like I've had like my friends who like their dads were like when they went off to college, they just said to them, "Why would you bring sand to the beach?" So like they'd already be in relationships, and they're like, "Why would you go ahead and date this girl? Like go out and fuck everything that moves." Yeah, and I'm like, that's super destructive still because you teach them that that's the only goal. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I know uh, my dad had that talk with me, but um, you know my uh, you know my dad uh, had a uh, had a previous uh, marriage where he met my mom that didn't work out, and I think his way was that uh, he didn't want a how would you say generational curse or whatnot, uh, more or less telling me I guess like learn how to dodge a bullet. Like when, like whenever, whenever you meet like a red flag, like learn from it. Not the uh, when I had a girlfriend in high school, he never talked to me like that. Like, 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 hey man, like don't, like don't, don't settle down now. Like, go, yeah. go out there and like, like, no, like I was, like I said, I was a pretty good kid. I had a big mouth on me, and like I, like I, I got my ass whooped a, a fair amount, but you know, I got my ass whooped by uh, an adult a couple of times as a little boy. So I always told myself that it's, it's not gonna hurt more than that. Like being an adult and another adult beat my ass. It can't be worse than that. So I've never really uh, cared too much about if my mouth gets me in trouble or not because I I like to talk with other folks that have ideas. You know. Yeah, like the you should be able to speak your mind and not really have to worry about things. But I also feel like like being an adult is saying something and being prepared for someone to try and beat your ass about it. Like right. that's how that's how the adult world just kind of operates. Mm-hmm. Like if you say it and you mean it, then you're prepared to stand up for it either way. Well, you should be. You should have an idea, like uh, as far as why you're saying something, right? So like you can. I think the primary way to beat a bad idea is with a better idea. So. Definitely. Um, but if the idea that somebody is proposing is threatening violence or insinuating violence onto me, well, I'm I'm not gonna be a bitch about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but like I've been in situations at bars and shit before, man. And like I don't even like going to bars, but sometimes I get dragged there. Or if there if there's music, I'll go. But I'll have um. I have like these dudes that like they're they're out there to prove to somebody that like they got the they got the biggest dick 
they got the hardest muscle. They got the biggest I fist. They got the chutzpah. <laughs> they got that chutzpah, you know? It takes a lot of chutzpah <laughs> to think you can come up in my box and try to t- wear that face and that beard and these tattoos up in here. But, like, I would, I would have that, like, because, like, like I, I, I look like, like a scary dude to a stranger, you know? So, and then they'll, they'll hear me talk and I'll be very calm about it. And then they're like, He's not getting agitated. I don't know what's up with him, but I'm going to back up a little bit. That's what I love about, like, like <laughs> where I am in life now. I can navigate most things because, like, most people look, like, they immediately make an assumption based on my appearance. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. But I love when people get to hear me speak for the first time and I see, like, the unsureness in their face. <laughs> Do you ever, you ever get the... Uh... What's the what's the the cliche that like oh you're so well spoken yeah like you're 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 so articulate <laughs> I got that all the time growing up and I didn't understand it and at first like at first I was like I don't get it and then I was like oh hell yeah I am and then now I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not dancing this jig for you this is just how I am unfortunately <laughs> the the um how would you say it the evolution of the token black you know what I mean like and how from from a, a white person's perspective of seeing like how white racists will deal with it. And there's a, just to clarify, there's a big difference between, I would say like somebody like me, who's like a provocateur and arguably a comedian running a podcast, like than with somebody that actually harbors like ideals of like white savior complex or that even now it's like white supremacy, but whites are evil, but you should still acknowledge white supremacy, which it kind of just sounds like white supremacists selling their ideology in a backhanded way. You know what I mean? Like you should fear us. <laughs> like, but it's like um, I don't know. It's it's fucking stupid either which way. But that that one I think is uh, the the like, oh he's so well spoken. Like when you even like try to point out to somebody that like you're you're being polite, but that's, you're actually kind of being racist. Dude, nothing that's, else judgmental. That's why I, what I hate about customer service is like I like I at my previous job like I made a whole bunch of friends with like the older people because I used to work at Planet Fitness, and so I'd be there in the super early in the mornings when like the older people are getting up to like work out, and they would love to have conversations with me. And then someone finally said it, and I was like, I wondered when this day would come. I hate, I like, a part of me is like, well, at least I communicate well enough for them to get it, but I'm starting to think, or I started to think that people only were hearing, oh, he can speak, he can, like, articulate his ideas, not what the ideas actually even fucking are. Right. And so, like, then, like, even now in food service, people tip me just based on, like, having a conversation with me or whatever, and I'm like, thanks for the money, this is kind of fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Shit, if, if it's part of a work, I mean, exploit it, I say. You know, oh, no, you know, I ride that shit, like, hard as hell. Like, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, can I get you anything else? Would you like a copy of your receipt? Oh, thank you. Like, oh, I ride that shit into the ground, but it's, in the back of my head, I'm like, this feels an awful lot like dancing on the auction block sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, like uh, girls that have, uh, or even, even fellas that have only fans. I'm like, I mean, shit, if you're making money, go for it. That, and I love that shit. Like, I love that, like, girls can take control of their finances using the fact that dudes are, like, easy to manipulate. Because, <laughs> like, we are, like, the vast majority of us are so fucking visually led. It's so easy. Like, anytime a friend of mine's like, I think I'm going to, I'm like, dude, cash in. We're fucking dumb. Like, do it for, like, do it for me. <laughs> 
Vapid, do it. Yeah, like if like if if you're using the tools that if this is what you choose to believe in that the Lord gave you, like congratulations, you figured out how to cash in on something that let's um it's finding a um even if it's not cashing in, right? It's finding some uh, avenue that uh, speaks to like uh, the teenager in all of us, right? Like like everybody still remembers as an adult, like like being a horny ass teenager and just being like. Oh god, it's over! It's only seven seconds. Oh, I gotta watch again. Fuck, fuck, man! Look at her, golly! Like it's, it's my part favorite of this thing. dumb male complex that we have, where it's just like, like, ooh, cleavage, and I just sort of like keep all and maybe every dude window shops. Unfortunately, like I hate to tell you, like I hate to tell any woman, like your dude window shops. Yeah, even if it's only for a split second, he's gonna think about that for another split second. Mm. Like and maybe when he beats off in the bathroom later, but just to get that nut out, just like to get you're that tired, idea so out. I'm not gonna do this to you. I'm doing this as a service to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, a interesting segue to that is uh, the uh, uh, hand signs uh, that it's uh, coming from like uh, the 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 land of square up, like into uh, hand signs as far as uh, songwriting, whereas. Um, Square up has this like triumphant sort of like 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 overcoming like sensation, and then uh, is it hand signs or hand signals? Hand signs. Hand signs. Okay. No, you said it right, and I was like, but no, it's okay to check because people check all the time. Like, they'll ask me again, like, what's the name of your band again? I'm like, it's cool, dude. But um, uh, it's like a, a part of a movie where like the tension is surmounting, and like it's like a. Uh, Write this oh, down. We're gonna use this later. <laughs> He's got it on audio. <laughs> I need the transcription of this. We're putting this on reviews. <laughs> but it's like a. Um, it harkens back to like a, a movie of like teenage romance of like at like the climactic scene, and it does a really good job of conveying a plethora of emotions. Like even with a. Uh, uh, from the uh, the most recent EP, I think the first track is "Let's Have a Seance." Yeah. So like, like from this feeling of just sort of like communal, like like gathering, like a seance, right? Yeah. And then going in later into what uh, gives uh, more feelings of longing and uh, sort of not necessarily regret, but sort of like a uh, almost like a bittersweet or melancholy feel. I really like. That like I really like writing from like a complex place, if that makes well, if it kind of makes sense. Like I don't like to I can't write about just one emotion because no one feels just one emotion at a time. Right. And so writing like the confusion in like in myself because like I've done a lot of growing from square up when it was just like let's have as much fun as possible and let's make sure it's noisy. Yeah. To like let's let's talk about in here a little more. And like in here a little more, because like I'm, I've grown more and more aware of my emotions and myself, and I'm like trying to communicate that in the hopes that like everyone's felt like the weird confusion of like a bad relationship, that like it was so great and you remember the great points, but holy shit, like it's bad for you. Oh yeah, and like that's those are the things that I like to talk about is the in between emotions. So like when you're. Uh, when you're writing for uh, hand sides, is the writing process always the same way? As far as like, do you start with 
like like a guitar riff or is it uh, you start with like a, an idea that you want to try to capture first like what what's normally the, uh, uh, the process with it if for for like most of the writing that we did before it was let's figure out what we sound like first so let's get an idea like I've li- I listened I, I stopped listening to what I normally do I looked for all kinds of new music because I'm like well if I keep listening to the same shit I was listening to when I was writing other stuff it's going to keep sounding the same. Mm-hmm. And so I started changing like what my everyday listens were and like finding new things that I really liked. And now it's it's like this other part of my brain. Like there's always music going on in my head. Like I'm always hearing shit at work, at home when I'm laying down trying to go to sleep in the shower everywhere. Like same. I'm always hearing shit. And I'm and then whenever I get home and I can sit at my desk and like figure it out it's like when I'm trying to figure it all out really because mm. like none of none of our well very little of our music started with lyrics first it all started with I'm gonna play around with the guitar a little bit until I figure out how to get this here and then then it goes like our writing process really is like I like pull like put together as much of an idea as I can and then I send it to him and see and ask like what needs to be changed like all, and also like put your drums on it because I can't. I used to be a drummer. I'm not anymore. Like I do not do that shit anymore. I can do the same Ringo Starr beat on all of your tracks. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, if you want a consistent motherfucker, I got it. <laughs> put the click on. I got this. A little faster this time. We're right in here <laughs> and right in the pocket. But how long are our songs? Thirty seconds. Four minutes. Ooh, shit. Don't know if I got the time for that. <laughs> So you want to crash somewhere in there to break it up. Everything else, gotcha, right here. <laughs> I can do the same thing, but on Tom's now. <laughs> no, like, it's, like, I send him a skeleton of the idea, and he, like, helps me flesh it out further. And then, as far as, like, what we actually talk about, it's kind of, like, part of it is what I go through on, like, an everyday basis type thing. Like, there are very few happy songs, but that's because... I'm, I can now, I've now gotten to a place where I can write about shit that I've already gone through and like reached my whatever closure is for me. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate with that as far as a songwriter level because it's really difficult for me to write happy songs. Like, I mean, I can, and even some of like, after doing it for like close to like 10 years now, some of the happy songs are some of my favorite ones, but... I feel like such a schmuck. Like whenever I write it, I'm just like, like, bro, I'm I'm not normal. Like I, I'm I'm happy, but like more in like a cynical like way. Not I'm in- happy waiting for the sad again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when does the sad pull back up into the yard? I'm waiting on that car. <laughs> I'm just looking at the. I look at the uh, uh, the mushroom cloud on the horizon, just getting closer and closer and closer, and I'm trying to maximize as much happiness and fun and like good ideas and like spreading it out and making the world a better place in what little sliver of time I've got. So I don't really have time to think about happy songs, but like to cope with stuff, like I'm like as a coping mechanism, like songwriting has always been like there for me, man. Like always. We actually just wrote a song called Coping Mechanisms and so like as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Deep down on the inside. But like, so are you guys gonna do like like a full length like as well? We like, have, we have one that we have basically already. Re- like we're actually a lot farther ahead than that as mm-hmm. far as like the material itself. Like I don't stop working on music. I don't stop. I can't. 
No. Like, a stopping for me is, like, the two days before, like, all right, or the two days in between where I'm like, all right, I just finished that body of work. I don't have to write anything else. Well, what else can I do? <laughs> After I, I put out uh, the most recent album, I took a week off, and then I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I had one weekend where I was just, like, sort of basked in it, and I was just sort of like... Like I think I played video games that weekend and like, like, like ate a bunch of junk food and then afterwards I was like, I, I need to get back to work, man. Like I, like I had all these other song ideas that were just like, all right. That's cool, always what it go. is for me. Is that like I started something in the middle of writing a whole bunch of stuff and then like in the break I'm like, well, what can I do with that? Mm-hmm. And it's always that's been thinking ahead. Like we are on our end, the full length is already done. Like we've already finished it, we're just basically waiting for things to come back. Awesome! This would be some good, uh, some good promo then. Uh, yeah, like it. he and I were talking about it, and he was like, "Like we actually we we've done a lot this year as far as music. Like we wrote the very first EP, and then we were like, then like the the stay at home in place quarantine, whatever that shit. That all that happened. I call so, it bullshit. Basically, like the really long nap happened. And so <laughs> we were like, well, let's do something in the fucking meantime. And so we were like, well, let's make another goal for ourselves. And so we were like, well, now we can write another EP in the meantime. And then we like functuated around because not all the tracks from the first one were going to be on the first one. We just kind of moved some things around by like what felt right. Mm-hmm. And so then as we were finishing up the second EP, we were like, well, we already have like X amount of song ideas for the next thing. And then we wrote, and then I wrote the first single for the, the the full length, and he was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Cause like staying at home was the most fun for me because I explored music way more than I ever did like on a working schedule. Right? Because it was literally like, wake up, my guitar's already right there. Let's just fiddle the fuck around until we fight, figure something out. Mm-hmm. And that's like a lot of what it is nowadays for me. But the full length, we. I tried to like, put it in a more like take things to a more positive place, but then the very first song that I wrote was like super fucking sad. <laughs> I like I I the the last song I wrote coping mechanisms. I was just like, man, you are such a sad fucking person. And I messaged my friends and I was like, why am I a sad bitch all the time? Why aren't you guys helping me? Because <laughs> like the all right now, it, it's hard to say. But like, well, it's like hard to admit, but it is—it's just the truth. All the happy songs right now are just love songs because I'm in the first happy romantic situation in a while where it's like this isn't like I don't see any red so- any red flags yet. It's kind of good for me. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And like that's been really cool. And the hard thing with her is explaining to her like all the old super angsty, super sad like I fucking hate you, but call me like songs <laughs> like the, the those are written because like i need to get those i needed to finally get those emotions out because yeah in between square up and where hand size started i was like fuck music altogether. but that was just on some some internal conflict shit unfortunately like i'll go through it man there was every everyone had different goals and so like mine was like let's keep going let's keep pushing let's be active let's do this and some people were like Let's make like, like let's make this make money. Some people were like, let's make this make fame, and I was just like, I just want to keep doing this forever. Yeah, I I would rather kind of same goal with the, the podcast as well as music. I just want to build a chronology, a discography. I want to have all this stuff to at least like I I personally believe in an afterlife and God, but I have to earn my way out of the matrix, right? Otherwise, I'm either going to level down, which 
Lord, I don't want that. Or I'm just going to come back here, which I don't want that either. I want I want to transcend wherever I've been in mushroom <laughs> trips and DMT realm. Like I, I, I want to like I want to linger there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think there's something to that about uh, living positively. So what I don't want to do is like there there's something with being a songwriter, man, and about being a musician. Like you can there's creative genius with it, and like. One reason why I argue about myself being an idiot genius, the idiot part is because I'm stupid. I'm still learning. No matter how smart I sound, I'm still an idiot. But the genius part of it, like a genius is somebody who has an idea that nobody else has thought of yet. And like like the artists and the creatives, like we're able to tap into the ether itself and pull these ideas out and, and turn them into something. Take it out of space. Turn them into us. Taking cross your legs. You're good. <laughs> turn I, into I'm something tangible. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but if like turning something intangible into like something tangible, like there's something to that. And to to your point about um, you know the, the the coping mechanism of uh, observation and about how having to explain to loved ones about like writing songs and what they like what you're trying to do. It's like th these are parts of me and parts of something that are bigger than me you know and this is a snapshot like the song each song is like a snapshot of like the max of those like whatever emotions you were feeling at that moment that's what i always try to like communicate mm -hmm. my mom was always worried initially when she heard the first couple songs she's like do you really want to be that vulnerable all the time and I'm like, well, the thing is, is like, that's not what I, like necessarily what I'm going through right now. It's something that everyone has gone through. Right. And so like the super, like super duper sad songs or whatever, I, I just say that they're sad because like the, the common person is not going to want to hear like fucking name any of them. <laughs> uh, like no one's going to be like driving around town and be like ah oh, yes this is exactly what I wanted to hear I feel like I should let my windows down and let the air blow through. <laughs> <laughs> like no like you're going to be like fuck I'm going to drive off a fucking bridge right now. <laughs> I need to call her like whoever that is like the person is that comes into your head when you hear it. Like, yeah, like I said like it's that climactic moment in like a like a you know a, a great romance tale where it's just like like the guy, the guy's been thinking, and he's like, he's like, I've got to, I've got to see Tiff. I've got to see Tiff. My, I always try to write the right before the airport moment. Ah, rats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the yeah. Right before it, where like you're going, like you're like weighing in yourself, like, wow, I really made this decision. How do I fix it? What do I need to fix it? That that adds to uh, my argument of creatives being geniuses, because that's the, a very good way of describing a mood set from uh, those two hand sign uh, EPs more so the more recent one than the first one but it's the scene in the movie before they s he, he stops her at the airport you know he's like Janine wait <laughs> yeah like I'm, I'm always like I want to be like the mine is like the right before you're running down the airport it's the it's the sitting in the hotel room or whatever it's the like shots of the city and all that like, yeah yeah a good like you, you you do a good job at writing montage moments. You know what I mean? Like, the music... And uh, I'm, I'm deducing that. Did uh, Lee do the engineering on it? or Actually, no. no. <laughs> so, with the, the last two things that we put out, it was literally... I recorded it all at home. And then we sent it to... A guy that he used to play in a band with and that he's really good friends with and that I've become really good friends with. Uh, you know Tyler Tomlinson from... He used to play in Beware 
And then... And then he uh, swapped to country, and then he played with Cole Taylor, and then moved up to Nashville. And then he got his Nashville country musician career started up there. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Well, he's from around here. I may have met him. Do you know the country artist Morgan Wallen? Um, personally, no. But, but no, no he's, he's, like, he's like a newer, growing artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's his guitar player now. That's pretty. Dope. And he's been, he's been my best friend since fourth yeah. grade, and he gets into engineering and stuff too. So when we recorded those two EPs, um, Lee's plate basically was full, and we were tapped on money. Mm-hmm. So I hit him up, and he was like, "Dude, this sounds so fun. Send send me stems now." And we said, "Bet." Let's Hell do it. yeah! And sounds so, good. Our first what's, single was what's like, his name again? Some, Tyler Tomlinson. Tyler Tomlinson. Tyler Cole on uh, Tyler Cole uh, Tyler Cole guitar on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. but he's plug, a plug him. Yeah, yeah sounds <laughs> good, Tyler. I love it, dude. I love him so much because like I I've been in recording studios and stuff before, but I also like do a lot of my own shit at home, and I mm-hmm. I love that like the stay at home ability of like, hey, can you like change this one thing? All right, yeah, oh yeah, versus like. Oh, I have to book another day of studio time to go and fix like a small mistake here and there. Yeah, and also like he he's pretty hands on about like what do you think we we needs to be changed? Like he sends us things in the works or like as he's working on them, and he's like, "Do do you like this so far? Do you need any like change here, there, or whatever?" And I'm just it's it's been like allowing us to be authentic about like our the music that we want to write. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and he's quite quite honestly quite a producer too because we've sat with him or he's even been in Nashville before and he was like, hey, this one part hit me a little weird. Uh, do you mind me just picking up a guitar and changing one thing? And I'm good. Um, oh, yes, please. Um, uh, and altering this, uh, can I send it to you and see what you think? And... Uh, it's just nice to have company like that 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 aren't saying, yeah, everything's perfect. Let's just mount this up and put it put it on a record and let's. Because go. I know that there are not like you can't fix everything in post. Some things, because no. like there's like performance things and inflections that you can't you can't just like there's no, there's not a plugin for that. There's not a plugin for human. I've I've um I've tried uh, with uh, and succeeded with certain ones, but sometimes it's. Like uh, with the voice, it's like I'm like there's a particular syllable or sound, like a phonetic sound where it's like that sounds like garbage, and then you try to look for it, and it just it's one of those things where I know the listener doesn't know it's there, but I know it's there. There you know are times I mean? where yeah, like that's ninety percent of I'll miss a consonant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss a consonant in a word. And mm-hmm. like in a recording or whatever, and I, I like I listen to my own music a lot, but it's always in like with like a fine tooth comb type thing, mm-hmm. and like I'll miss like a letter or something, and like hate it, and like <laughs> fuck, I can't even listen to the song until I fix it. And sometimes there's just oversight stuff, because when like Cole does all of his recording at home, and I'm mm-hmm. at my uh, house editing or receiving and listening through and stuff, and there's just so there it's so easy to oversight. Or to have oversight and just not realize something's slightly off when it's just two of you working on a thing. That's oh, yeah. one of the weirdest things we've experienced having a two-piece band this whole time. Is uh, learning how to not how to listen to more than just ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I think it's still to your benefit, though. Like one hundred percent. Like to like have like you have minimal control, right? As far as creative control, it's you guys. Then you entrust it to another person. 
to be handle the other angle of the triangle, but they're still, like you said, contributing and like uh, giving feedback and even being like, hey, just an idea, how about this part, we do this instead of this. If not, no worries, but, and it's what uh, you said as well, as far as like, sometimes you don't wanna have to go back into a studio to be like, all right, man, I, can we just bring this guitar just down? Like, there have been more times where I've left the studio like being like, fuck, I didn't do good enough. And Every time I finish an album, it's always, fuck, I didn't do good enough. And I hate that shit, especially like when, like, because like, in Square Up, it, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't my money we were playing with. And so, like, in my head, I'm like, I have to deliver on a certain level just because I, like, this is my end of the bargain. Right. And, like, there will be times where we would leave and then, like, I didn't do good enough. And, fuck, I just wasted your time and your money and, like, your effort and this, that, and the other. And it, bo- like, those kind of things bother me. And they make, make it really hard for me to want to go into studios more than just, can I just do it at home? Mm-hmm. Because then I can give them, I have a million fucking tries as long as the lights are on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, making this last record at home. I've, I've made DIY records before uh, with uh, another person but like whenever it was just like just me and being able to have that sort of freedom to be able to be like you know what I don't like the way this song is turned out I'm going to remix the whole idea like where it's like it's a good idea but I don't want to execute a good idea in a bad way because then the idea is gone and it's like fuck I, I, I wasted a good idea and I've done that before whenever like I've uh, you know uh, used uh, other people's studios before where it's like it's like fuck man I'm like not to any uh, other mus- uh, musicians or engineers but like like I, I, I like listening to my own music as well you know with a fine tooth comb being I like, am being way like, too guilty <laughs> yeah like we do this like we are constantly like like my phone right now is full of everything past this next record like and I listen to it so much because I'm like what can I do better? What can I do bigger? What can I try next time? Mm. One one thing I've tried, I had uh, a lot of ideas that were left over uh, from this psychedelic record. Some of them were, the ideas were just, they're, they're too dark, and I didn't want to beat the the listener over the head towards the second end of the album. I wanted to sort of like, like a psychedelic, it gets intense, and then you sort of level out, you're like, hey, Everything's groovy, baby. We had to, we pulled some songs from this record and like the, like one of them we canned completely all together just because it's like holy shit like we like we you can be sad but like don't wallow in it. Yeah. And like the he always tells me that like we're an emo band or whatever but there are some songs that we have just like set aside because it was too much. With uh, with a couple of them because I had probably like three or four like leftovers and one of them was like. Like almost pretty much a finished mix and just like cut it down like was just like no I don't want this on the record like, it's one of, it was one of his favorite songs that like I that I had written but I had written it a really long time ago and it was about some shit that I just don't feel anymore yeah and I was like there's no like I can put I can, I can talk about things from the past but now more so than back then when I was going through it and wrote a song about it and it was like it it, it didn't fit with how how much I had grown and so I was like eh fuck that song but then there was like there was a song that was going to come out like with the EPs that's now on the album where we had to rewrite the whole song together like scrap what it was even originally about and like because he hated one of the lines or like it just didn't hit his ear right 
And like listening to it after he said it, I was like, "Oh, that is kind of weird." <laughs> what was the line? It was it was like, uh, "You're bad for me, but you're sticky sweet." <laughs> uh, you had to. I, did, I was like, "What line is he talking about?" And you had to say it. Oh God, yeah. I was like, like I, I to hated him. this song for what five six months straight because like like when we had first started talking about this band. And we had like we were just playing around with stuff. That was like one of the first things that actually got done. And I hated this song. I was for like, dude, so like, I long. figured it and out. And he would send me code. a new version of it with the same vocals, and I was like, I hate this. Like, <laughs> I was like, like oh, please, maybe the guitars just weren't right. Well, here's a, here's, a, here's an update, and he's like, actually, no, this still fucking sucks. <laughs> this is so bad. Like, well, I just we asked can't get like five or six people. Like, I like because like I'm really bad about leaking my music just to like. Because I always want to see how people like think things are, and I want to show people that what is out right now is not all that there is. Right. And I sent it to him. I sent it to Lee, and I sent it to like a couple of other people, and everybody sent back. That's kind of sus. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe not that line. Why is it the chorus? <laughs> you yeah, have to say it a lot. <laughs> I was borderline a douche because I was like, "Please, dude, just and stop I was sending like, me this song." I kept stop trying to it. finagle it. I was like, "Well, I changed the bridge. The bridge isn't the problem." Dude, we actually had like quite a long argument about this song, like for months straight. Because we like, were cool when we were talking about anything else. But I would immediately get like enraged. I would get in his car and turn it on. I'm like, here's a new mix of it. And he's like, no, dude, no. fuck. <laughs> no. The song ain't happening, man. Like, he and I, like, there are some songs where I'll send him and he's like, I, I don't know. And I'll have to explain what I feel about that song. Because like, like, some of the songs, like I try not to write filler songs, but I'm like, I know that they're filler songs. But there are some songs where I'm like, I have to communicate this. Mm-hmm. But that song, he... It was the abruptness for me, I think. He, I was like, how's this? And he listened, like, it was long enough for him to listen to the song. He's like, I fucking hate this one line so much. And then he's like, but send it to Lee. And then Lee sent back, I, that line, maybe, question mark. Because Lee's never, like, mean about things. And he, no. I, I, even with every <laughs> shitty idea I've brought into his studio, he's never been like, yo, dude, this sucks. Yeah, because, yeah. like, I'll Sometimes come and, he should be. Yeah, like, like, He's just not. Like I'll, cause like I'll send him like my cacophony of like, cause whenever I record songs, like I, if there, if I ever use like the free version of something, I know that I couldn't put all the tracks that I want into a thing, cause like I bury it in layers and this, cause like <laughs> I am constantly having ideas about like if I listen to something long enough, I'll tear it apart or I'll like stack it too high and it'll fall over. Oh, dude, one one of the songs I cut, um, which I'm still trying to find a way I'll finagle into the, this next one. Uh, but it had like something like a sixteen-piece orchestra, and then like would descend <laughs> into like electronic doom, like type metal, <laughs> and like like just opening the file, my computer like you know, essentially like just got one step closer to death. Like every because we were he and I wait, we work on limitations because my computer can't handle much. I don't, I don't know, man. Like this guy. Now the the only thing I really use this guy for is is audio. You know what I mean. Um, a small amount of video, but not not really. And he's like ten years old, and like like I made the last record on him, and it, there there are some limitations, but uh, I, you know I work with whatever I got, man. Whatever those limitations are, like it's not gonna, you know. Back at, a- back in the day, you used to have to have money to be able to write sheet music to bring it to an orchestra and say, "Will you play this with me while I strum along and sing?" Here's like says this six month six month process like dragged down to like a plug-in and a keyboard yeah yeah so like now like i can i can 
build my orchestra using MIDI and like oh my lord dude like whenever using computers to uh, make music sort of opened you up to like this whole world of possibilities man like I started I've started producing music or like trying to and learning how to at like 13 or 14 years oh, old oh wow because like where I'm from Moultrie like there are a lot of people who have the instruments that don't have the drive Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've been in a million and one bands. If like, if no, you I've, I've known oodles of incredibly talented musicians, and probably one percent of that oodle are people I'd be like, I'd like to make music with you on more than one occasion. Yeah, like, we, like it, there's just something to it. Like uh, you said before, uh, different people's driving factors. My driving factor is create. Like, let's make more and more and more and more. And if you don't have people like that, then it's I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I like, yeah. I like I like my band being in the computer and yeah, and that that was like the like Square Up was my first like real outing of being in a band and like consistently like all right, we me and these guys really do meet every week and like. Did you guys open for All American Rejects? Yeah, yeah, that was before he was with <laughs> us, but that that was a fucking. That I was, mean, still what a rush though, dude. I love that I can put that on my resume a little bit, like, <laughs> like and like even now, like I got hired at the, my job now, and people were like, I feel like I remember seeing you somewhere. I was like, was it like an amusement park? Like you played a lot of interest, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like then, like we've opened for for Trapped. <laughs> We got offered to open for a metro station and stuff like that. Like we've got offers to we have, like that band had a lot of potential for it to have died the way that it did. Yeah, unfortunately. But like also, right at the end of that is when he and I first met, and when the, it was the first time I'd ever been pushed as a musician in like this new landscape because I was still just just a person, like just a guy here. Like now. People know me as more than just oh you were in Bobby's band, and right. like that was really crushing to hear a lot. Especially sometimes when people were like oh I'm gonna go see Bobby's band and they didn't even know that I was in it, and that type of stuff. And like so I was like I kind of want to like figure out how I, I can make music for myself as well. And like he heard the the very first side solo whatever you want to call it project that I did called Pessimist. Which was, it was just like eight super crybaby ass songs. <laughs> and he was like, there's something we can do with this. And then he was like, well, let's push a pop punk band and see what, like, what we can do with pop without making it corny. And not everyone agreed with the transitions that we were making. And on top of that, just interpersonal stuff got, into, got in the way of what could have been a great thing. Right. And yeah, so, I was about to say I'm not commenting on any of this. Yeah, he, <laughs> my feelings are way too hard into it still. Yeah, like that, that was the, the, the talking about music was the only thing I was afraid of about him, like both of us coming because like I know that he still feels a way about some things in the way that they ended because they were they did they didn't really end. It just people stopped talking. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, shit. When you take five personalities and you, I mean, you essentially have a family by choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it's not without its dysfunction. Oh, hell no, man. Hell no. And like we, we were a very tumultuous bunch. Like the the main guys of us, there was only three. But and then like we had like a rotating door of like guitar players and drummers. Unfortunately, that's just how it went. But uh, it 
it was weird to see the band like when it was at its most dysfunctional interpersonally because musically we were so fucking solid. And like y'all were very tight performers. Like I saw you guys two or three times, different lineup. He's yeah, sad. yeah. <laughs> but um, a real who's who's of who the fuck is that? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I knew you and, and uh, Bobby, so I mean, it was just. I think I think with it with something like hand signs though, like with with it just being the the two of you guys, and not having presumably limitations on music except with what you want to do. You know what I mean? We literally want to do whatever the fuck we want. That's literally it. Like, unfortunately, this area is, is well, I won't say plagued, but it's bogged down with a lot of things that fall into one genre or the other. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> things fall into, like, three categories for the most part around here. And, mm-hmm. like, I was never really that good at metal. Like, I have my moments where I'll, like, have, like, a cool riff or a cool idea and stuff like that, but I can't do it. Like, I'm not that fast, bro. Yeah, like, I can't do it long term. Like, even with me, like, doing, like, my fancy tappy stuff, it's like, that is, like, an amalgamation of, like, 20 plus years of me playing just to get to that level to play as fast as some dudes can do with, like, sweet picking and stuff like that. Like, I can't do that shit, man. I just don't have fun with it anymore. And it's also that. It's like, like, I I got into the scene and metal and everything when I was like 15, 16 mm-hmm. and started playing and now that I'm 28 it's like to go Ooh. back into metal, into metal or anything of, of that sort <laughs> feels like I'm taking myself back into an old uh, an old lifestyle know, yeah, an old episode of life that has been dead and gone for 10 years right. like, why, so why like, keep doing the same thing yeah, yeah I, I just can't like, I couldn't push myself to do it. Which is why when I talked to Cole, because I quit music in, like, 2015. Yeah, I quit. Like, I was done I was done with music in 2015, and that's when I joined the Navy Reserves. Uh, and then randomly in A school, I just had this, like, vision and thing of, like, starting a pop rock band. I was like, that's literally just what I want to do. Like, like, if I'm ever going to be in music, this is what I want to do again. Because it can grow, you can sound like anything. You don't have to necessarily label it as pop rock. You can sound like an emo band one day. You can sound like alt rock the next day. You're still pop rock because that's the world now. Right. Uh, uh, came back and then the whole square up thing happened. That that was just honestly, I joined because Bobby asked me to. Was the main gist of it and and holy shit! And even I don't though I said I didn't want to go into an old episode. <laughs> An old episode of life. I was back in Valdosta because I'm in the reserves. I spent a year up in Great Lakes, Illinois, and I came back, and you fall back into old crap. Like, I was going through a whole lot of things that doesn't necessarily need to be mentioned. I was in a really bad place in life. I just didn't care about really anything mentally, per se. So I found myself hanging out with Bobby all the time. And he was like, hey, do you want to play drums? And I was like, sure. And that's when that happened. And then when we met, and then everything in, uh, Square up happened. Um, yeah, we just took that time off, gather ourselves up, and then I was like, "So, Cole, I've had this idea for a really long time. What you think?" <laughs> and at first, it was, "I'll help you," because like I really didn't want to do music anymore, just because I, I was like the first time out, and I was bitter already. Yeah. <laughs> and then like it became, 
well, here's some songs that I could like probably rework and rewrite from like the old stuff because with Square Up, we like I had written like 50 or 60 songs before we called it. And like the we only got those two EPs that were kind of not even really EPs. One was 3, one was 2. And um I was like, well, we I can send you these and we can finagle them and see what'll happen. And then it became, well, I can sing on it if we can't find a singer fast enough. And then it became, well, I mean, we can put something together and see what happens. And it just it snowballed into, let's fucking do this, dog. Like, fuck it, might as well. And then snowballed into it being just yeah, just me and you. Like, we got exhausted trying to find other people, and we were like, okay, screw it. Screw it. This is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred. Hundred percent, man. Yeah. And I think I think the idea of taking the uh, as as broad of uh, an, a genre an umbrella term that you can, like for instance, pop rock, like because like you said, like like what can you put in pop rock? Well, essentially anything you want to. You know, it's kind of uh, I use a blanket term for alternative because yeah. like well. Yeah. What is alternative? Well, you yeah. put anything in there, mm-hmm. you know. It's literally just put. It was like I loved like taking music appreciation and shit in college, even though it was low key a waste of fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, alternative was literally a genre to give you something else to listen to other than pop on the radio. Yeah, and like it was literally the alternative to pop. Yeah, it was um, at, at first uh, called that because you had to have like college radio stations that would play it and whatnot, like. Um, uh, who is it? R.E.M.? Trip to the car real quick? I guess. There's an extra <laughs> pack sake. in there. Be right back. <laughs> Comes back with an AK and robs me. <laughs> 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 uh, yes, what were you doing? Relax now. <laughs> How about the Second Amendment now? <laughs> I'd, I'd be fucked because closest firearm is like... 20 feet uh, yeah I can believe whatever I want I don't even have one so it doesn't matter to me right now goes back to talk about outside earlier like it's the apocalypse yeah let's have a good time like you know America's eventually gonna fall no no empire ever stays like the same like nothing ever stays the same eventually it's gonna fall no worries the good guys (laughs) (laughs) for now I mean whatever <laughs> but until that day happens when the world does crumble I mean it's the beauty of like being able to do DIY music is that like like you don't have to rely on like the outside world or anybody else or you know the constraints of okay well what's the market like around here is that I'll say it is a country punk or hip hop if it's not one of those three then well, I guess you. Uh, I'll add a fourth one in, uh, swamp hippie. So anything that's like yeah. like jam band, like type music or whatnot, like that's fucking huge around here. But those are like the umbrella like uh, uh, genres or whatnot. And you have to you have to kind of same way with like fucking uh, politics or churches or something like you have, to, you have to play by the rules. You have to you know write your songs a certain way. I was in a band in Jersey called Suicide Project and we were playing at this place called the Meat Locker in North New Jersey. Of course it was. <laughs> it was uh, it's called was Beef. Is <laughs> this uh, place that had uh, had a glory hole in the toilet. The toilet was just 
It was just like right here where the door is open and imagine there's a wall, but the floor is not down. So the floor or the wall stops about a foot short of reaching the floor. So like you can see anybody in there just like, you know, like taking a shit or like like doing drugs or like oh. fucking blowing people and whatnot. So we we show up and like I'm I'm kind of enamored with it because I'm like this is the grungiest venue I've ever been to. True Bohemia. And like seeing like they have like stuff of like who all's been at the meat locker and whatnot. I'm like this is cool. But this uh, the hardcore kids from the local high school they're there right and like they they don't they don't have all their instruments so they're they're waiting for somebody and like I know what's up I know the hustle and they're like hey can we use your stuff I'm like. Well, we're supposed to go on in like half an hour, so after we get done, maybe we'll we'll see. Like I'm I'm not running this show, but like no nobody's using anything before I use it. And our other guitarist is like, oh yeah, man, I don't care, go ahead. So then of course like ten hardcore bands like they do a fucking merry-go-round yeah, in your gear. Yeah, <laughs> and so that was the thing about being in a pop punk band by having hardcore gear though. Yeah. Cause like I had like I like I, I use a Pod five hundred HD five hundred, which is like the standard for like <laughs> most modern deathcore and metalcore and stuff like that and hardcore. And so like pulling up to a show and people are like, oh, you have that? Can I just use that? I don't have a tone of my own. <laughs> I I don't know why why our our guy was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, but he did, and then he starts like like bitch about it. He's like he's like. They're, they're, they're trashing it. That guy just threw up on my amp. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you, 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 you never saw What do you expect from the meat locker? <laughs> <laughs> just be glad there's not jizz on it, man. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm going to take your the fucking amp head back and give it what for for real. Like, Dude, there was uh, our, our, our buddies, they're in a psychedelic doom band called Ominous Black. Uh, two of them were like tattoo artists. My buddy Taco was a guitar player. He's a tattoo artist, and he walks around to the, the the quote unquote green room at the meat locker, and there's like a dude getting a jailhouse tattoo with uh, a guitar string and ink, and just you know jamming it. Fuck, in there. that's real hardcore. Yeah, uh, that's like the well, that's like real punk. That's like the, yeah. where where punk came from was that do it your fucking self. Yeah, pierce your ears with a safety pin, like all that kind of stuff. <laughs> So Taco like leans over to him. He's like, "Hey man, um, you know I'm a, I'm a tattoo artist. Don't mean to interrupt you, but you're you're gonna get a staph infection if you know you keep uh, finishing up that tattoo." And uh, the guy looks at his friend. And goes, "Do you care if you get a staph infection?" The guy goes, "Fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> That's some raw shit right there, dude. That's. <laughs> Don't ask what though, like which way that guy went, because he doesn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> long, long tangent from the meat locker story, but it's, it's, it's. I don't even know if it's still operational. Awesome, awesome venue, horrible venue, but I mean, awesome. As if you're in, looking like, for the hellscape, there you are. Like, <laughs> you, if you you want to know what punk in New Jersey is like, you can go to the meat locker. You find all about it. But after we get done, this guy in this hardcore band that was like. Not playing, but he was just hanging out. He's like, I really enjoyed your band. I was like, oh, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. He's like, uh, waves me closer with his fingers. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, little critique. I don't really care for the 
the quiet and pretty parts. When it's heavy, it's really raw and it sounds really awesome. It's like the best stuff I've ever heard, man. But like when it's soft and pretty, I, I just really don't care for it. Like, all right. Well, I, I like the music that we do and we don't like to just have heavy parts over and over again. Yeah, so. like why cater? Yeah, so to anyone but your fucking self. Yeah, that was what I hated about honestly about the the growth of Square Up is it was all always hardcore bills and like fuck like we only had two heavy songs just right. just to appease that and so like people would come up and they're like they would but they would only gauge us off of those two hardcore songs and it was just because I was really really immature then because like at that point. Like when Square Up started, I approached Bobby like after he left Second or Second Death or whatever it was the name was at that point, and I was just mm-hmm. like, "Here's like a handful." It's that the very very beginning of Square Up. I wasn't in there. I know. Oh, I was about to say, "Whoa!" <laughs> at the very very beginning, and like I it was Belair, man. <laughs> and I gave like I gave him like three songs, and then I was like, "Here's these things that I've been working on in my fucking bedroom that are actually like listenable." Right. What do you think? And he was like, oh, like this could actually, like we could actually do some shit with that. And the first song we recorded was a hardcore song, of course. <laughs> and like there's a 2016 demo of that song that still exists somewhere. Should, should add to the band camp. I don't know about all that. But, uh, <laughs> but um, like then, like we, our first bill was like with just deathcore bands. The first show ever, and it's like, Second Death and like the guys in Young Ghost, they're super talented. Um, I think it's like a band called Repressor. I still listen to their music to this day. But it was just like from there was always well, you're, you can build the hardcore bands, and that was always what we got called for. And, I, and then like people would approach and they're like, "Dude, those the, those heavy songs are fucking dope." And I was like, "But there's like six other songs in that set list." Yeah. Yep. And, and then you have to cater to that every single show. Yeah, and then like, yeah, well, exactly. like, well, let's make so, the pretty songs heavy sounding too, which went from like, I was doing backup singing to just, all right, I'm just going to scream all of the backup parts from now on. Yeah. I, I've had people before, whenever I was in like a four piece doing like heavy music, be like, like, well, uh, you know, your, your scream's good, but we would, we'd like it if you scream more. I was like, bro, I can't scream more. Like, like one, I don't want to. Like, I, 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 I can sing pretty decently. You know, I can carry a tune in an octave at least. <laughs> I would much rather write songs that have melody and violence in them than just exactly. violence over and over again. And like, like I love Mashuga. That shit'll make me beat somebody into biological obscurity with a lawn chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just fucking moves me like that. I don't want to perform that kind of music though. Like I, I, I want to take pieces of things of like like nightmarish type music, but like, like you said, like you get burnt out after a while. Yeah. Where, yeah, and the the big aesthetic to me that made me want to choose a genre or an umbrella genre such as we have is just strictly the fact that, like. I guess I'm not saying anything for anybody else. It's mainly just for me. But when you listen to metal, X, Y, and Z, all these types of genres that you find around here, is you're stuck in, you're stuck mainly in one feeling. And I'm tired of like, you How listen many to times? an album and your emotion doesn't change one single time through the entire record. How yeah. many times can you tell someone you're the tough guy? 
How many times can you tell someone like I'll, I'll beat the shit out of you? I mean, just pull I mean, your entrails I mean, out even and just as the listener, like, like, like I finally wanted at least local music, which I don't want to obviously forever be local, but I mean, at least local music that you can listen to and actually feel something. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the type of person I am. If if your song or your project, entire record doesn't doesn't at least have some sort of curve from emotion of emotion from front to end, then to me it's like pointless to listen to. And I I hate with like bodies of like heavy music now where like they'll have like the one down tempo song Mm -hmm. that's like, oh, I'm super depressed. That's like all of them. Yeah. And see, even to me that doesn't sound like depression. It just sounds like slower tempo beatdown music. Like that's all, that's really all It's like it's slow build, ambient guitar, heavy breakdown, all right, let's move on to, all right, we're back to the, I'm the toughest fucking yeah. dude here always. This is the love song. It's like, really? Your love song kind of sounds like, like the get up and beat somebody song. Do you love chewing on, like, hot fire coals or some shit? <laughs> like, that's, that's what I'm getting from you. Because, <laughs> like, I don't understand. How, like, I, I know I said Let's end I'm, bullying, but let's play the song that makes you want to punch somebody like, Let's end bullying yeah, beat the, the irony, shit out of right? each other. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever, like, a... Uh, I was uh, coming up, and I got a late start with like, like you know, like uh, music. The same, the same, same time I got into uh, weed and alcohol and pussy. I, I, I had a band, <laughs> you know. But um, breaking it, <laughs> I had um, like these encounters with like all of these 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 musicians that were you know, part of the scene, quote unquote. They were just so like nasty to everybody that didn't play the music they wanted them to play. It's still that way. Uh, uh, they won't talk to you if you're not in that genre. A hundred percent, and like me, like I don't give a shit. Like, there's a reason why. Like, I wanted to have you like on the show. Please to have your company as well. Well, <laughs> a surprise. But it, it's it's because like like you like I can't do the music you make. Like I don't want to. But I mean, like th- those are like the other people, the other artists that I enjoy are like the ones where it's just like like something different. That's why I don't like echo chambers of like. Like uh, you get folks together, it's just like like well, uh, they uh, voted for Trump. I'm like, well, uh, fucking hang him in the street then, right? Right? Yeah, like, like burn all the books. <laughs> Somebody disagreed with you. Just fucking like uh, fuck them in their the whole tent. existence. Good, I mean, good God, dude. Like 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 we're we're all here for different reasons, I'm sure. But like one thing we can all agree on is that like you know you. As, Musicians, you want you want to be around like folks that like want to encourage you to create and encourage you to like make something unique with your music, and not to be like like hey hey are you a hardcore band hey we need a metal band hey we need we need you to like do this or whatnot or just be limited to one genre it's so fucking boring dude like it's painful like like when we first were getting started I was like this is gonna be really hard to sell just because it's not the same four things. I would say then, man, like, um, and just as a, 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 a slight tangent, not that I'm kissing either of y'all's asses, I like that, like, the EPs had a lot of ear candy in them, that there was a, a scope of sounds that were almost, like, ethereal, sort of waving the listener in, like, it, it like, miles apart from, like, like, what I was expecting, you know what I mean? And just from, like, knowing you as a guitar songwriter, and, like, as a... Uh, you know, a, a songwriter of melody and things like this. So I was like really pleased that like it's something vastly different. You know, like I, I like stuff that is different. No, well, I 100% agree. Uh, 
Uh, I'm a spiritual person, which I tend to not really talk about. With, so if songs or bands don't have a specific spiritual energy, I just can't listen to it. But going back to uh, what Cole said a second ago, when he was like, "This is going to be hard to hard to sell, hard to pitch, hard to hard to etc." Um, the second I knew that we actually sincerely had something really good in the works was when we made uh, "Here's Hoping" on the second EP, just because it was so different. It had essence. It had it had raw emotion, and that was just us basically saying, crossing our freaking fingers yeah, like, that something like this work. And I, that's how I get it. That's not even how he wrote it. That's not what any of his lyrics meant to him when they were put down on paper. Uh, I listened to him, and I was like, dude, this, yeah, this song is literally like almost a mission statement to me of why we started this in the first place. And it, sound, and it sounded different. And I was like, okay, okay, we got something, and we. It was everything like thus far has just literally just been like a. Well, at first, at first, it was a finger cross. Everything yeah. was a finger cross, but now things are more like for us are more like. Well, if we just keep doing whatever we want, if something goes, it all technically has to. Right. And so, like, well, let's just keep doing whatever the fuck we want as far as like sound. Well, and even to your to your point as far as how it's uh, beneficial. If you guys just keep making it, like you're gonna have a huge library. You know what I mean? People like that whenever they discover new music. When you have already a lot to offer them, you know what I mean? Because one of my favorite bands, a of, lot to dig into. One of my favorite bands of all time right now has three songs out. Period. Like I found them last year, and they only had one. And like the the way that I found one was their first song. Period. And I was like, what the fuck? I need more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. And so with us, we were just, like at first it was just like let's get something to like pull an idea together to see if we can like make a body of work that sounds cohesive. Yeah, right. can we can we do it? Because there we even had our own doubts. Like, can we do this? Cole was like, dude, it's gonna take a while because I this isn't my realm. This isn't, and I was like, yeah, me either. I have drum tracks and that's it. I can't do guitar. I can't do. I I have some drums that I thought sounded good, you know. Right. So we were like, can we do it? And he's like, I don't know if I can do it. And we wrote anyway, and then finally we were like, okay, I, th- I think we finally got, at least got ourselves in a position where we can write and not worry or feel discontent with ourselves actually trying to make music. Now we're making the music. We're not trying to make the music anymore. Right. Yeah, like, because I was really worried in the beginning about, like, it's the same thing that plagues us all is, like, once you pick, like, a style of music that you want to do, you try and put yourself in the box of only these characteristics. Yeah, and I didn't understand that. Like, I can—he literally trusts me to do whatever the fuck I want, as long as it like it makes enough sense. And like some things, we, I'll send to him. And he's like, let's <laughs> sticky sweet. Let's, let's dial it back. <laughs> yeah, like sticky sweet. Like you have to let's 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 rework this a little bit. Maybe it'll go if you'll just stop saying those words. <laughs> and even sometimes when I'm like that, we uh kind of nudged this earlier. It's uh. Like I'm a I'm a deep thinker. Like like I said earlier, I'm almost like I'm realistically a spiritual person. So sometimes I'll just go, uh, and that means like like I need I need to know why, or I want to know know like what caused you to create this. This might sound bad to me, but if I know the why in the background story of why this sounds like this, just because it disconnects with me doesn't mean it's something that's disconnected to the entire world or the market or him or other people that can get behind the song. Like the one song he was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, because I hated that song for like 
not sticky sweet. I still hated that. But uh, <laughs> there was but there was song. a song that like we argued about every single time. Like every single time, I was like, dude, like these drums aren't me. Like, like I can put me in them, but like these drums aren't me. This isn't the feeling that I I, I have towards music right this second. Like, and then I was like, just get just just give me the while. Like we argued for the longest time, and then finally. Like with paragraphs, like a mile long through text like this message. Super long. And he was like, he was, and he was fine. I think it was his. I'm tired of, I'm tired of this text message. Mm-hmm. And sent, and then sent me the long why. And I was like, and here we are, five month, five months of arguing about yeah, this song. Like, if we could have just like send me this paragraph, of, like it was, it was a song that he wrote in like, you know, one of his, uh, I guess per se. If I, I don't know if I'll quote you or anything correctly, but like in an emotional state of mind and he was like this is me getting that away from myself and to me it just sounded like you know just another song I don't connect with but now that I know that those sounds those drums that I don't necessarily like myself like I can play them sure cool but now that I know that that and that and that and that I just realized what song we were talking about too yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say anything because it's going to be on a body at work but uh so yeah i'm not pushing all that out or or whatever and so we find like we i I got the why i like just because it uh disconnected with my ear or anything now that i know why because it's not my story you know right um it was was, i was like thankfully now now we're here now i can get behind this let's make this song work because now i want what you want because we're on the same page it was a super downer song but it was like it came out of nowhere that was, I think that was like part of it. And then like, his, the, when I first wrote it, I wrote it by myself because it was like part of the solo project that I was doing. And then I was like, well, we can make this work for us. And I sent it to him and I was like, how do you think? And he was like, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And like, I had to sell him on it, which that's like how I listen to music now. It's like, I don't give a shit what music you actually make. If you can sell me on why you're making it, I'll listen every fucking time. <laughs> right. Like, I yeah. fucking love it. Like, the, our friends in uh, Counteract, like, at first, I didn't understand. In my head, I was like, it's another hardcore band because that's what comes from here. But then, like, me and the vocalist, Ryan, like, he and I have been, like, been friends for a while, but he and I actually, like, had a conversation about, like, what made him want to, like, do it. And, like, what pushed him and what drove him. And I was like, well, fuck yeah. Keep doing that. Dude, I want to, like, if I can help you do that, let me do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, the it takes more than just, I liked your sound now and you still sound like that, so I'm going to keep listening to it. It's like, if it's, if it's just the same motion year after year, what's the fucking point? Yeah, you get um, uh, creative stagnation, you know? And, like, and I think that happens whenever you have people that... To what I think uh, uh, Gavin was talking about uh, earlier is you want to have folks that they're trying to figure out what music they need to make, but not for themselves. Like it's either like for somebody else or for a scene or something. And what they should focus on is like, well, what music do you want to make for you? Like what they what, worry about what moves and not what moves them. And that yeah, that oh god, I hate it. I hate that that like it's. Uh, it's a self-destructive cycle that, oh, like, it turns out the music that we hate because it's all bubblegum. Yeah, no, exactly, and which I, which I think I attribute to this to my own spiritualism or spiritualism or whatever. But like, if your, uh, if your music doesn't resonate in a wavelength that moves yourself, like, how can anyone else connect to it? Because 
Like, I listen to the radio, I listen to other things, and you feel the energy of written for you. This song was written for you to buy it. Like, mm-hmm. like, like it's on the wavelength of green, and that's it. Like, like yeah. that's all. And I feel that, and I automatically hate that song. Is as catchy as it is, I hate that crap. When you feel like this person's sincere, this person's real, it almost like pulls you into their into their wave every yeah. single time. I've, um, I've always been a a big proponent of if you're gonna do music with lyrics then one have something to say and oh, two agreed, agreed. make me believe you like if you are like you're telling me this will make me believe you I read a somebody had I think it was Rolling Stone like way back in the day when I was like still reading Rolling Stone but they had an album review of like Bush or some post grunge <laughs> band and they were like uh, I think it was Bush it was like Gavin Rossdale the singer is a uh, is not showing you his emotions he's guessing at yours and i thought that was a really good way to sum up sort of the whole uh, bubblegum or cheapening notion of art where like if you they they want you to keep making the same music because it's a proven market right they want you to like keep making reesey cups we don't we don't we don't need reesey wafers we need reesey cups just (laughs) just just make a bigger cup oh you made nut rages oh god we don't need this reese we need you to keep making the cups you know yeah like and that (laughs) it it destroys any hope for creativity or for like the confidence in in creativity because like there's some kid somewhere who's like i'm gonna make bedroom pop music or like shoegaze or something and they're like uh but i can't because that's not what goes here yeah then that it ruins the chance for people to like just go out and make music who gives a fuck like if it what what goes it goes for you yeah i i have felt myself tied too much to uh you know the guitar which i mean the guitar is my first lover you know what i mean like and it'll, it'll always be there with me but I, I felt my songwriting had become too reliant on trying to convert my songs to an acoustic format so I could play them in front of people. And then when I started getting burned out on performing, I was like, fuck, man, I want to just make music. I, I don't give a shit about the performance aspect of it anymore. If I, if I had a choice between you, you can either perform live in front of crowds and do that uh, full time, or you can not perform again and just keep making new music. I would rather keep making new music than go back to performing live, like, hands down. The hardest problem with like a lot of like the bands that are trying to blow up and trying to get bigger and trying to get better is that like a lot of them they just write the music for the tour. They don't write the music because like oh, we need to put out. Like I, I felt this like huge library of emotions in the like x amount of time and i want to share them with you it's like i gotta make something so i can play something new on tour yeah and i gotta make it now i got three to four weeks to do it so it can be mastered so we can tour as soon as possible but I, i fucking love performing but i would never let it get in the way of writing because if if i can give you like the best song that you've ever heard versus the best show that you've ever seen you can listen to that song Forever and ever and ever, amen. That show was only once. Yeah. That and was a, a snapshot you had to be there. It's the Woodstock thing. Like, yeah. I can't believe you just quoted a country song. That was dope. I didn't know I quoted a country song. Forever and ever, amen. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. 
No, that was kind of awesome. Anyway. <laughs> so you guys are doing a country EP in like three years? Well, I mean, there is a country song already. No, there's not, but your mom thought it was. <laughs> my, mom, my mom's swarping down. I saw. Like, okay, so we're before the album comes out, I think, we're going to put out like some live sessions that we did just because, fuck, we wanted to like get out of the house and show you guys, like, hey, first of all, we are a band and we can perform. Right. But also, like... Here's some shit that doesn't sound like the stuff already, but it is in the same vein-ish. And, like, one of them, my like, when it was just a demo at home, I sent it to my mom, and my mom was like, you write country now? And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know all that. I definitely think it's in the indie realm of music. Yeah, and, like... It's not country. <laughs> I do. The live session version of it, that's a fucking country song. Sorry, dog. It's still not. Uh, some, still not some because modern some modern country man Sturgill Simpson that's a bad of the motherfucker way you sing here. is why I say indie and not country well yeah if you take my voice out of it that's a country song I'm sorry dude I mean yeah because Tyler was uh, was filling and helping play yeah guitar. cause like is it like slide guitar in it or oh, no, yeah. no 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 he's just a country guitar player yeah like through it, through. you hear that shit through like, oh yeah we did a um, we did a, uh, a another one of our songs oh well, we can talk about it because it's already out. We did a version of uh, Identity, which is off of the last EP, which is more of like the it's like the end of the pop punk era for me. And like he he he's like t- he just uh, like does whatever he wants for like the last little portion of it because it's just supposed to be like a play until you fade out type thing. Right. But like, oh my god, the guitar work that guy can do. But in my head, I'm like, dude, this is this is a country solo, and I'm not <laughs> mad at it at all. <laughs> There's something about the um. The guitar playing with country that like is, is really similar to metal guitarists where again it's like i can't go that fast dude like they'll call it a, a chicken picking yep. nope. like, like, <laughs> that's tyler dude i he i can't do that shit man i don't know if he still does but he acrylics these three fingers oh so wow he can, so he can literally play with everything wow yeah, and like I, that's He's how I know that, that guitar is not like not where I'm meant to be. He won't take <laughs> he won't take credit for it, but he is still the best guitar player I've ever seen in my entire life. That's awesome. And like I, I could never like get that oh, it's ridiculous type of rhythm down. Like it is ridiculous. Seeing people who like actually play guitar and like love guitar and stuff, it always blows my fucking mind because I know that I can't do it. And so, like, watching, like, when we were in the studio with him, he would he was, like, correcting shit that I didn't even know was wrong. And I'm just like, oh, whatever you say goes, Mr. Man. Like, take it take it from my hands and into yours. Like, I can't do this shit. Yeah. I met a lot, uh, I went to school in Orlando. I met a lot of guitar players in my class. And some of them, because, like, I'm, I'm self-taught. So, in my mind, it's like, fuck, man, I've been playing over 20 years and I've only gotten this good yet. But, uh... Some of them would tell me that had had lessons. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, our teacher would play a chord for us, like over like speakers, like audio, and we would have to know what the chord was, and it would be like jazz chords." And, oh yeah, like, my ears like nothing. I do. I, okay, so I, no, when Tyler I was, can do it though. <laughs> when I was in college, like that was what nope. like I was going for music education, and so you have to take classes and shit like that. And the whole time I'm in there, like they're teaching me like how to like. Uh, um, hear read and stuff like that where it's like here's a note where does it fall here's three notes is it a note group is it in this like what key is it like, were, you, all this. were you any good with it I was but that's because like I had like a, I did have classical training but only for trombone like I mm. I played trombone since fifth or sixth grade like it was what like it, I got a guitar first 
But I didn't start playing guitar until around 13 or 14 when I was like, I'm just going to start making music myself. Fuck you guys. A trombone is, think that's a single note at a time instrument, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Monochord. And it... it I, I could see we're like training your ears for that. Like, would well, definitely be I, I became a section leader in like the brass section just because like... I don't. I don't like hearing wrong things. Like I hate when I hate <laughs> wrong notes that stick out and shit. Ugh, fuck! It makes my skin crawl. And so like that part I understood or whatever. But it was like the drilling of it and the no. And I was like the whole time like I was already making pop punk and we were already like traveling and stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm already doing what I want to fucking do anyway. Right. And so I just quit school. <laughs> I like I like it was January of 2017, and I was like, "Fuck school altogether. I'm just gonna start playing music all the time." <laughs> and then to like that, I think that was why I was like one of the reasons why I was super bitter when it stopped because I was like, "I stopped everything for this." Right. So what's the uh, what's the the future look like for our hand signs? When's the have you uh, set a release date yet for uh, a full length or anything? No. It got pushed back. We had a full-fledged plan, like, all the way up until the the next album, which is already done. Um, and then getting, we got some things back slower than we liked, and so we are just... We are COVID already, killed kind of everything this year. We're uh, waiting on a good few mixes for the full length, but we have back the live sessions. Yeah. We're just waiting for... We have a video, video component that comes with it. There. Nice. And because, so, like, we wanted, like, we were, we were, like, we're not just going to do it. We're going to do it well. And so we, we have, like, we, Matt, Matt Sigorski, who's been, like, just a fucking hand all the time for us. Just been super it's Another helpful. bad motherfucker. Is Matt oh, my God. The, the things that man can do. Like, he was originally going to play, like, with us, for us, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, he got a better job, like, a better, like, big boy job. And so he had to, like, gracefully bow out of that and we were like that's fine Like, and he was like but if you guys need help with things just tell me and so he, he his hand is on it Lee's hand's on it uh, Tyler was on it uh, Caleb from Caleb's Mountain Caleb Barnes he, he helped us out um, Sean Brooks Perry Sean Brooks Perry oh my god he, he was very handy and he was just like all of them were just like give us the information and we'll figure it the fuck out and like so we're, I'm really excited for this one to come out just because it's showing that we can be a band and that we can have chemistry and that like we can play and actually like do the shit that we write. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like a, a, a glimpse into what we're about to be doing. Because the album, as much as it is similar to the stuff before, I feel like we grew a lot between awesome. then and now. And even the album after that, or after this, the one that's about to come out, is like exponential growth, constantly figuring out what we want to do and doing it ourselves. You think uh, 2021 is going to show a two uh, hand sign uh, album? We could probably do it. It de- that depends realistically. Uh, it's possible though. It's, it's very like, possible. If we're talking material alone, it's already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're already past that, and we're looking towards what our next body of work, what we wanted, to, what we want to do exactly. Because this all has been written in a mad dash of a year. Yeah. Every, everything that we have put out thus far and everything that we're about to put out has been done in a year. Yep, two EPs, two full lengths, and a live session EP, if you want to call it that. Yeah, like, we we don't stop moving because he can't sit still, and I refuse to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, shit, fellas. 
we got a, a little more than two hours. Thank you guys <laughs> both for uh, coming on, man. Oh yeah, of course, dude. Like it was, it was super fun. Like weirdly enough, as far as like music goes, this is the shit that I want to do the most. Is like have people talk to me and like talk to people because, like my personality doesn't come out very well very often and mm-hmm. like. I have my online persona, but everybody has that. Mine's super self-destructive. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I, I love, I love, like, I watch people's interviews on, like, radio shows and shit like that all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just recently got back into doing that when you, like, contacted me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> here's my chance. Like, I'm, I was, like, super excited. And, like, we have, like, I, I, I love, I love talking. Like, as much as I don't do it, I love talking. I love the art of conversation, like, the dialogue. Like, that's kind of one thing I've hated about, like, like seeing where everything's gone to in the past four years. And, like, so many people just got so angry and then just stayed on their keyboards. It's like, yeah, bro, we don't communicate like this. This is a brand new way of communicating. Like, it's only, like, it's less than one generation old. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're still, and it's still growing. Mm -hmm. Like, we're we're still further immersing ourselves and still figuring out shit. Now is not the time to be trying to use that as, like, your violent platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, where can can folks uh, find, uh, find the music at? Um... Literally anywhere that you stream music, we have we have a YouTube that has not cracked off for some reason, but all of our music videos are on there because Gavin does visuals for everything we release. So like, there's some. I didn't videos. do here's hoping. Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy did. did Jeremy did here's hoping. He uh, but Gavin also directed another one of our music, like our actual music videos. Uh, we're about to put out the. The, the live sessions, the, those videos are going to be out everywhere. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We have a Twitter. We just kind of ignore it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can, you can find us anywhere. You can find, our, like, find us on our personals. Like, on my personal, like, I, you can see the works in progress and me messing around with shit. With his, you can see his beautiful ass family. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Cole, Gavin, thank you guys so much for uh, thank coming you for on board, us. man. Had a oh lot of fun. Oh my god, it was fun. Would you like us to send you, and you can cut this if you want to, would you like us to send you one of the live sessions to add to the end of the podcast? Oh, dude. To be released here first. Dude, totally. Well, uh, we'll do- totally Which one do you want? Yeah, fuck, I knew you were going to do it that stiff. Uh, <laughs> um, you know my vote. What's your vote? My vote is the one that you call the country one. <laughs> or or uh, or or incorrectly named beaches. Ooh. One of those two. I think we should do the country song first because beaches is a whole single. Anyway. Okay, I'll email it to you. But do you have, do you have speakers anywhere? At least you can hear it first. Um, not hooked up currently. They're they're elsewhere. But uh, no, we can totally we can totally promo uh, you guys uh, music at the end of this. Oh, episode. dude, I totally appreciate that. Hell yeah. <laughs> High fives all around. Hell yeah. <laughs> Later, y'all. Too late.
Yeah.